Hey, Curtis. Yeah. Episode two of the book club. Right. You remember what book? Wizard's First Rule. That's right. By Terry Goodkind. It's mm-hmm. the first book in uh, several The Sword of Truth series. We brought Jenny in. She is kind of down with it. She likes that fantasy Romance. genre. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of everything going on in that book. Exactly. If you haven't read it, pick it up before you listen to this episode because there is a significant amount of spoilers. Spoilers! We hope you enjoy our conversation about Wizards First Rule. Hi, Jenny. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a while since we uh, talked with... Black sticks in front of our faces. <laughs> wow. Quite some time, yes. Our microphones are black, are they not? Well, I was going to say, I hope and pray to God that's what you're talking about, because if you are doing side activities with black sticks in front of your faces, then <laughs> I don't want to know about it, actually. Just <laughs> carry the fuck on and don't ever let me know. Uh, I lost my sentence because, I mean, you remember that every time we do a podcast, we uh, I give you a starter sentence and then you finish it, yeah. Then I fell at it. Yes, I remember regularly. Well, you, you've done a couple that were pretty, pretty funny. No, yeah, okay, all right, we'll go with that. All right, okay. So your sentence is shaking. I grabbed his hand and put it in my pants. Damn, <laughs> damn boy. I mean, was there somewhere else to go with it? No, okay. not really. I well, was thinking in my head, finished. You could have you could have completed that whole sentence with just a word. Oh, that probably would have been better. Shaking, yeah. I grabbed his hand and finished. finished. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess. I was thinking something along the lines of like, and said a tearful goodbye. Oh, Lord. Oh, me and Curtis are perverts. Yep. <laughs> well, and that's very odd. Right. Because usually it's me. Right. And you're all like right. red-cheeked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes no sense. What? What you just said. I usually sometimes I say things that embarrasses Jenny. For really? me, yeah, for me, she oh. gets embarrassed for me because they're pretty racy. I see. Y'all do be doing some freak shit sometimes. <laughs> Pre- press the crickets button. Oh, right, it's <laughs> way the fuck over there. Yeah. Speaking of finishing, oh, you have oh. sound effects. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have no idea what's loaded on it. I'm sure one of them is crickets. Yeah, I don't think we over there. I, I don't need think a, I need a stick to reach the board. Yeah, because we got this new setup going right now. We're like, th- we're okay. I wanted to say three quarters of the way, but I think maybe we need to throttle that back to half. Yeah, I think that's more accurate. You know, particularly we got some of the soundproofing up. I think we probably need a little bit more, maybe more a little higher and some. I don't know. And maybe not. Maybe we need to test it again after we get some more furniture in here. True, though. Mm. So. We need to get soft furniture. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is, this is is kind of soft. Yeah, but it's not like cloth. It's like a leather couch. Yeah, they do have one that's a cloth that might be better. I was just nervous about getting, because originally we got that for Anthony to sleep on, and I was like, probably shouldn't get a cloth. No, not for him. No. <laughs> Not not for a eighteen year old Mm-mm. male child. No. Mm-mm. Heads up if any of y'all have uh eighteen year old male childs or soon to be. Make them sleep on rocks. Yes. Just 
take everything out of their room because it, it will be nasty. <laughs> so what's the purpose of us being here this evening? Well, so, okay, we talked a while back and um, I was telling Jenny, I mean, we talked a while back about it. Mm-hmm. I was telling Jenny about some of my favorite books, a series that uh, I grew up reading. And we all came to this uh, good idea conclusion that we would read the series kind of together. All 1,000 books of it. Right. Right. 1,003. 22. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, they're, they're like double books almost. Well, and that's true. They're really big books. And they do thin down a little bit, especially towards the end of the series. They do start thinning down. So, I mean, Jenny would probably be able to read some of them in less than three days. I was very impressed at how quickly you got through this book. Yeah. Once I, that's why I stopped reading for a little while because once I start a book, it's pretty much all I want to do. Like I'm just like, well, I have to stop and feed my family. Right. (laughs) Damn it. So I just like read. Can't y'all be self-sufficient? Fix your own fucking meals. Right. I need 48 hours for y'all to fuck off. Right. Right. Pretty much. So the first book, uh, it's, you want to tell them what the book okay. is? Well, first of all, the series itself is the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Yeah, so if you haven't read these books and you want to kind of follow along, spoiler alert. Right. And the first book in the series, okay, just as an, a heads up, there is a prequel, which the story takes place prior to the first book of the series. So if you want to read that, you can. It's kind of like Star Wars, it is. It, Some shit's it came out. Order. It came out. Uh, so what they did was all the fantasy writers and Terry Goodkind falls in that group, but Jordan and um, quite a few of them came together and wrote short stories for this book called The Legends. And his the part what what Terry Goodkind wrote was a prequel to the Sword of Truth series that talks about uh, one of the main characters. And I mean, it is short. It it doesn't spoil anything for the series. You can not read it at all, or you can read it first, or you can read it at the end, or wherever the hell you want. It doesn't really matter. It was just a prequel that kind of explains a couple of things or, or gives you some insight. You talking about Dead of Bones? Right. It's called De- that one's called Dead of Bones. All right. Um, but the first book is called Wizard's First Rule, and that's the one that. Uh, Jenny and Curtis, well, Jenny just finished reading and Curtis just recently finished listening to. Yeah, we got to thinking about the other day. I think it's been damn near a decade since I quit reading them. And I got through, what, first seven or eight? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know, Anyways. but that, that's a good point because... Uh, it was the first seven or eight books. I, I fucking plowed through them and it took about a year for me to get through all of them just, you know, in free time and whatever. Because I don't read, I don't know if I read differently than everybody else, but I read in my head the same way I would read out loud. And I create voices in my head for all the characters. So I read it as though, like if you listen to an audio book, that's the way I read in my head. So I'm a little bit slower of a reader than what I think most people are. I think most people just like words in my brain and I understand the words. But I, it took me longer to read the book actually physically read the book than I think most people. Yeah. It's not that I'm a horrible fucking reader, but I just... You know words. I do know words. Yes. I just, I'm, I think I... I don't know, maybe other people do that. I've never really talked about books 
with anybody other than you. And I know you read them differently than I do, particularly when you reread them. Yes. Like so you reread them just to, I guess, because. Well, I have. Um, okay. I picked up this book when I was 16 years old. Okay. Uh, I don't even know how. Well, I do. But the how is irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, is that I, I would reread the series Every time a new book came out. Yeah, so, so like book three shows up, you read I've, one, two, then right. and like then people start do today with Netflix. New series comes out, they go back and watch season one, two, and three yeah. just to catch up. Right. So I've done that with every book. Um, and it, it's still, I want to say it's still going. I don't know what his plans are. He's, you have the Sword of Truth series and then you have the Richard and Kalen, which is um, four books, I believe. And then... Uh, you now have like an extension of the Richard and Kalen, which is called the Children of Dahara, and then he's gone off on a on a tangent uh, with the Nikki Chronicles. And I know all of this is kind of like what the fuck? Who's Richard? Who's Kalen? Who's yeah. but um, you know? So there's been a couple of spinoffs from this sort of true series that I I haven't gotten to yet, um, but I've read the entire sort of in fact i'm almost finished with the last book of the sort of true series now for so. the how many at the time fucking 18 <laughs> well at least 22 because there there's 22 pew, pew, pew. right pew 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 um i mean i don't know i mean i got the list on my phone here do you have one you feel like is your favorite yes um at least okay so at least 12 times but closer to 20, yeah, closer to 22. It's probably more than that also, but I, I didn't like tally mark every time I read the books. So, so you came into this, not knowing fuck all about the series talking to Jenny, but you have another series that you've have read for years and however long. Right. Since I was a sophomore and I, when a new book is coming out, I reread it. So we the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these books, if, you, if you've never fucked with Good Kind or any kind of fucking fantasy, Tolkien and all these assholes, right? They build worlds. So it, they're, they're pretty deep books. And we'll get into the ins and outs of what our thoughts are on Wizard's First Rule in, in, in a few minutes. But the thing is, it's like, it's like Game of Thrones, right? That was a series of books first, and they turned it into a TV show. The TV show, it's, you know, what... 10, 11, or 12, or 10, 11 episodes, sometimes eight, depending on the season. But there's a fuck ton of information in there. You almost have to rewatch it, even though you sit down and you binge it for, you know, a fucking two or three days. You still need to rewatch it to, especially when the next season comes out. You got to go back and at least watch one of the 30 minute fucking recaps. Right. Because there's so fucking much. And when these books were, you know, when you were reading them initially, like, he put out Wizard's First Rule, and then it was, like, what, two years before yes. fucking Stone of Tears came out? Right. You know what I mean? It was this long fucking... So, you probably reread the book anyways. But, like, holy shit, it's hitting the shit fucking shelves, and I'm going to go stand in line and get my book on the day it releases. You probably powered through the book the day before it released so that you can just jump right into the next one and the story continues. Yeah. Oh. It, it was like that for me. Same. Yeah. It just... Uh, and and interestingly enough, there were, I mean, there was, for a while, I was on, like, this forum dedicated strictly to these books. I remember going to that. Right. And there the was, there were times that 
you know, I I would learn something even from them, even though I had read the book so many times. Um, you know, they I still, still exist, and of course, it's changed. Like there's Discord servers now that are dedicated to this. You know, when you and I, or particularly when I jumped in, it was what two thousand three, yeah, two thousand two, two thousand three, something like that. Because you and I've been together for a couple of years, and I just kept breaking your balls. I'm like, why are you reading this dumb shit? Yeah. And finally, you were like, hey, if you're going to be with me, you're going to be with me all the way. And this is a big part of me. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'll read the first book. And I was like fucking three chapters into Wizard's First Rule. I'm like, okay, I'm going to read all these goddamn things. And I'm not a book reader. Never have been. It's never been a thing that I like. All the books that I've read like in my younger years were because I had to for school. I never proactively chose to fucking just sit down and read books. you know. Right, and I'm the opposite. I've I've been a reader the majority of my life. I mean, I read anything. I will read like political. I will read fiction, nonfiction, fantasy. I don't do so much sci-fi because, you know, I watched like an episode of um, Star Trek when I was younger and that turned oh. me, yeah. It, I, I couldn't get into it and that turned me off on sci-fi type stuff. Yeah. Like, um, but murder mysteries and you know the alphabet like uh, Sue Grafton. I read got, a fuck ton of those. Well, you got me hooked on those because when I went, I went out on the truck with you back when you had your truck mm-hmm. one time, and you could go to the truck stop and get audio books on DVD or on CD. And yeah, you it was a weird little thing. The the system that they had it was kind of like nationwide blockbuster. Yeah, for audio books, like you could pick up the audio book at at a truck stop in fucking New York, right? And you could just grab it, take it, listen to it, and then when you get to fucking Phoenix, Arizona, you stop at a truck stop and give it to them, yeah. and they get another one. Hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of hit and miss on what was available because they just travel all around the fucking country. Right. It was actually a, a neat little system, but that all that cool. by the wayside due to Audible and all that kind of shit. But exactly. But the. But uh, that's what I was fixing to say is a minute ago when you got me into this, it was a different era, like in just time. Yeah. Because the thing back then, the big thing was, you know, like IRC chat or forums was yeah. the big deal. Like Web-based you, forums. There was no Discord. There was no, fuck, I don't even think there was Facebook at that point. If it was, uh, it was ooh, in its no. infancy. You know what I mean? There wasn't a whole lot of, like your online interactions were different than what they are today. Yeah. Today it's way more instantaneous. Like you can get on a Discord fucking server about Terry Goodkind and the sort of truth and just talk to motherfuckers all day, every day. Yeah. But back then it was like, here's my fucking thoughts and or my questions. And then you come back fucking six hours later and maybe somebody answered it. Maybe somebody didn't. Yep. And that was, that was something. Here's some, here's the one thing that has stuck with me through all of, all of the readings. And ever since that forum is there was one person that ran the forum that, that was like the, uh, Almighty moderator, right? The tippy top moderator. Was his name Zed? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't even like Josh or some shit. Oh I don't shit, know. he's like he, a regular he, ass yeah, name. He he was not a character. But whoever it was was thinking Terry. about the time frame. It was probably like XX underscore yes. Josh dot. Yes. I had an XX underscore. I had right? one for like six days, and I was like, "Oh lord, I can't be that guy." I, I don't even remember what my oh god. Some there was a point in time person. where I was like, "I will not choose an online handle of any fucking sort that has underscores or anything in it." Right. I didn't want numbers in my shit. I could I could deal with like a period, but if it was anything outside of that, because I always hated the assholes that came in. It was like XXX underscore word. 
dot underscore two more X's. And it is like, Jesus Christ, dude, I can't even say your fucking name. Do I call you X or do I call you what is three quarters of the way down, you know, that actually looks like a word? I I never understood. And just a second, you you said something about, you know, like chat, chat platforms and how things have changed. Did you say ICQ? No, I said IRC. Okay, see, but ICQ I was, was uh oh, uh oh. Everybody remembers that, right? That okay, that popped in my brain, and I thought maybe that's the one you said. It's but, funny. Okay. I go to gas stations sometimes, and like whatever their little pay stations are, like when they when somebody's like, "Hey, I need a fucking gas over here," it'll do the little IRC, uh, ICQ, the little uh oh, uh oh. And I'm like, "Do you even know what that is?" Because you're standing behind your working right now, and you were 12, you're fucking years old, right? <laughs> that shit was super popular before you were born. You don't well, even know what that noise is. Okay, well, it took me a long time to understand what ICQ was. Like, I just thought it was ICQ, but it's I seek you. Yes. ICQ. So, anyways, I, I I thought I had big brain when I finally figured it out, but I was using that program for a hot minute before that happened. So, well, ICQ back in the day was the only thing that would actually do, and now I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound so fucking dumb, that you could send large files on. Up to one megabyte. Right. <laughs> that took all day. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. We used to download in the the chats that we used to hang out in all the time. Matter of fact, the chats that you and I met in was uh, VP. Yeah. Right. Excites. It virtual started out places. A, yeah. Excites virtual places. It used to be just straight web based. And then they put this fucking platform together where you can use it independently on an app. Yeah. Um, well, it was not an app back then. It was a program. It was a program. But inside of that program, you had painters. And yep. if anybody's listening from our age group and they were in there, they know what the fuck that is, right? I was going to say, y'all are showing your age. age yeah. Up right yeah. Now. It was like, it was essentially like the infancy of like Photoshop. And we used Paint Shop Pro at the time, which was a Jask product. I don't even know what the fuck, if that even exists anymore. I don't either. But Paint Shop Pro was 28 megabytes was the size of the file. And we're running on fucking 12K dial-up ass internet. And the one that I used was called Blue Bonnet, which was super fucking cheap. And if you weren't active, like actively surfing the web or doing something other than like down, like you couldn't just set a download to go and it would finish, right? right? Like you had to be, there had to be movement of the mouse on the screen in order for your internet connection to stay active. And we would set overnight like fucking Paint Shop Pro come with a new version got to have it yep. you just got to stay on top of shit right you had to be current and you set it to download 28 fucking megabytes and it would take it a day and a half to fucking download at 12k a second yep. and there was these side programs that would like move your mouse every fucking 10 seconds you know what i mean so you set it to download and then you go to bed or whatever and you wake up the next morning like fuck it's only half done yep it's only fucking half done so this, and that's what's crazy. It's like you know they talk about all the struggles that kids nowadays will never understand. No, and I downloaded a fucking three hundred and sixty goddamn gigabyte program the other day. It took me one hour to do it. Yeah, and I was like, Jesus Christ! If you had that big, yeah. I sent a fucking picture that was bigger than fucking Paint Shop Pro's entire goddamn program. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, the whole what I was getting at there was this guy Josh. Yeah, we rabbit holed hard. Yeah, we did. Uh, we'll call him Josh. I swear to God, I we're going to get to the review of this book shortly, so just hang on. <laughs> right. I think his name was Josh or Kyle or, you know, some generic white guy name. I was going to say, that's a white motherfucker who yes, that is. Yes, for sure. Well, he had... Probably got a neck beard and shit now. Probably. <laughs> um, he was in direct contact with Terry. Like, Terry would make announcements through this guy. And 
you know, he would like every whatever day it was, we'll say Sunday just for easy talking, but like he would get with Terry and ask Terry some questions that had come up on the forum. And then he'd do like a little report. It was like an interview type thing. And, um, I'd been on this forum for probably five or six months and, you know, I'd made a couple of friends and had really good conversations and it was, I, I loved it because people were like, well, uh, okay, back up something you need to know about me or you don't need to know it, but I'm going to tell you, I like to, re- to know it, right? You've been to know it. <laughs> um, I like to research, right? I like to find things that people don't know and tell them here's the information for you. Okay. So one of the favorite things that I did on that forum was if somebody was like, well, can somebody explain to me why such and such or how such and such or when such and such happened? And I would either know it or I would know where to find it in the books because, again, I had read them so many times Yeah. that I'd go in and I'd be like, well, here's this passage on this page. Here's your information. You can either accept it as fact or be dumb. I mean, if you're giving them fucking page numbers and paragraphs. <laughs> it don't matter. People. That's true. It's like reading the Bible. It's fucking it. It's it's the reader. Some of it is up for interpretation, yes. So, anyways, going on, and I felt like I knew these books pretty well, you know, and one of these little interviews that Josh, in quotation marks, did, um, he came back and there were some questions that had been answered, and Terry was like, at the very end, he said, there is one thing that nobody, I have yet to see anybody on this forum bring up that is, it's a situation in the books that clearly mirrors a real life situation, mm-hmm. like a, a event or, you know, like a war or something to that effect. And nobody has made the connection. And to this day, I still don't know what that is. And oh, it this is coming from me. good kind. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I didn't Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Now, obviously, we're getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves because we're going to review all these books, just so you all know. Yeah. I am currently powering through about halfway through the second book, which is Stone of Tears. And as I'm... Okay, how about we do this? Yeah. How about we drop back and punt? All okay. right, so let's get Jenny's opinion because you and I have read and discussed this multiple fucking times. Yeah, well, and that's why we brought her here. Yeah. So, Wizard's First Rule is the I mean, first other book. other than the fact that we really enjoy her company. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the only fucking reason here. As soon as we're done with this shit, you got to get the fuck out. Yeah, right. I was here last <laughs> night and the night before. You were here Monday. Three nights before that. Fuck, you're going to be here. You're going to be spending more evenings at this house than you do at your own this week by the True. end of it. Right. True. Uh, but you have something actually like one-to-one because like you have your series that you fell in love with. You're Which like is. fucking PlayStation. The Outlander series. Yeah. Who wrote that? Oh. Diana Gabaldon. Okay, so it's female perspective, all right? Yes. Um, I mean, even to the point like your PlayStation sign-in name is related to that book. Correct. Right. So it, it's something that means something to you. Yes. Um, and you can, it's a, it's a straight-up fantasy, magic. Is there wizards and... No, it's a little different. It's more of, um, I, don't, I have a really hard time explaining it, but... There is, there's like time travel, so there is a little bit of that sort of aspect, but it's also very like history based. 
so I don't know when it's a romance thing. Like, I don't know. It's very hard for me to explain. It's like half fantasy, half fucking Fabio is on the front cover. Yeah, Diana has even discussed, like, um, like where they put her in bookstores, and sometimes it's under, like, sci-fi or fantasy, and then sometimes it's more of a history fiction kind of thing, and so even she's like, I don't even know. It's just, <laughs> it's a book with, with some shit in it. Right. But it's really good, and I've been reading it since I was... A sophomore, I think. Are they still running with them? Like, are they still putting books out? Yes, but she takes a long time. All right. They're pretty big books as well. So it's like several years between books. So you read Story of Fire and Ice. You've read other... Song of Fire and Ice. Song of Fire and Ice. Um, You've read other novel series that are maybe closer in line to what the sort of truth is, yeah? Um. Bring your mic up just like six inches. I did not read go. those books. Oh, your old man read those books. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like them. Well, I only read like a chapter, so I probably didn't get it enough chance, but it was just, I don't know. I didn't like the way it was written. I couldn't get into it. I like something that flows a lot better than I felt like the Game of Thrones thing did. I just didn't. I mean, I'll tell you the truth. I ended up talking to, who is it? Nick down there at, uh, no, not, oh, uh, Matt. Matt. Yeah. Matt was like, hey, dude. You need to, he asked if I was watching the TV show. And I'm like, fuck yeah, who's not, right? If you're alive in this time and fucking age, your chances are you're watching fucking Game of Thrones. Unless you're just like fucking weird. Right. He's like, have you read the books? I'm like, no. He goes, you should really read the fucking books. He's like, they're way more balls deep and this and a third. It's like, okay, whatever. I'll, you know, I'll give it a shot. Well, of course, I'm not going to read it. And I'm going to fucking get the audio book. So I go to Audible, pull down the first fucking one. And I made it. You know, and that's the other thing about audiobooks. It's like sometimes it's the reader uh-huh. that reads it. Like uh-huh. the guy that reads Wizard First Rule for the audiobook version is fucking amazing. Like he says all the names and all this kind of, and he, his voices are really fucking close to the voice that I build in my head. His pacing is really fucking good. And then they switch to another fucking dude for the second book. And I'm like, fuck, I hate this guy. Yeah, and he's the second guy. If it's the one I remember, he's very robotic in his voice. He very almost much. sounds like how And he makes Siri. Zed sounds like a fucking, he makes Zed, it's a thing he makes Zed sound like a fucking drunken Irish yes. person. And it drives me up the fucking wall. Yes, just get through it. I think he does one other book and then they get back to the guy that does yeah. Wizard's First Rule. If so you anyways, can hold out. But, I snatched yeah. up the first Game of Thrones book, whatever it's fucking called. Song, Song, of, of, Song of Fire and Ice. Yeah, yeah. That. And I made it through like three chapters, and I'm like, fuck, I wasted goddamn $20 on this goddamn audiobook because I'm not going to fucking finish it. And I feel like it's a 50-50. It's like I don't really like the pacing of the book itself, and I damn sure don't like the guy that's reading it. Right. So I just I don't think I ever get And Maybe I can get through the book if I just straight up read it, but fuck, man, I don't have the time to... Yeah, with audiobooks, they're just like movies, right? I mean, without the visual aspect. Mm-hmm. If you have a bad actor, it can take a good movie and ruin it. Right. I've had some, I've listened to some audiobooks where they have like multiple actors where, so you have abridged and unabridged, right? right? Unabridged is they're reading fucking word for word. If you had the book in front of you, it's, I mean, you could just follow along, right? They're reading every fucking word that's in there. Cause like he said this, she said that. They went here, this, that, and the fucking third. And then yeah. you have abridged versions where they cut out all the... He said, she said. Because mm. they have voice actors that's like, what are you doing over there, Carol? I'm doing 
doing this. So they cut out all the bullshit, right? Yeah, right. And those sometimes are fun to listen to because you've got a whole squad of assholes in the room right then, and they're doing this. It's like a play in your head. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that would work with this particular book. I kind of like the single reader mm-hmm. just changing his voice just enough to know that, okay, that's he's 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 talking about Kaylin right now. and But it doesn't really matter because they, they keep saying all the who the fuck is what. But right. Yeah, that fucking Game of Thrones, I was like, mm, I'm out. I couldn't get into it, and I don't normally start a book and not finish it. Even if it's not my favorite, I still just read it because I'm like, well, I got to know what happens next. No, I yeah. don't care. Yeah, it, I was th- like, uh-uh. Here's the thing. I don't know if that, obviously that book is super fucking successful, right? Right. A million motherfuckers plus have read it. Right. And more than that have watched the TV show based off of it. And there's a gigantic fucking cult following so it's an it's a successful thing, and maybe it's one of those deals, like you said, you just get past the first couple of three chapters, and it starts picking up or whatever. But I was like, if I was reading this, like turning pages, no fucking way I'd have got as far. Well, and some of that, you know, it's been a long time, but there's a lot of world building that happens, and if it doesn't happen appropriately. And that's one thing that Tolkien and Martin are known for is world. They build these fantastic, detailed, huge worlds. And sometimes if you're not, if if you're not the kind of person that's into that, it's hard to get through that. Okay. So let's dive in. All right. Let's get into wizard's first rule because some backstory there. There's a couple of things that you need to let me not circle back around to. Number one is the, that, the way the world is built. Yeah. Okay. And number two, what was the thing we were talking about a minute ago that I've already fucking forgotten it? <laughs> when I was like, fuck it, let's get over into these books. And then when you get over into the fucking book, um, I don't know. Okay. Fuck it. If you can't give me more than that, then <laughs> I can't help uh, you. So I'm sorry. What's his first rule? Yes. It is, it's not necessarily the first thing he ever wrote. Cause like you said, he wrote Dead of Bones as like a, Dry run, essentially. It was like his, Wizard's first rule was his first book that he ever wrote. Okay, so he didn't. Oh, so the Dead of Bones came. Dead of later Bones and, came out at like book three. Okay. What did he do before that? Do you know? I do not. That's, so you can kind of tell, in my opinion, you can kind of tell because I've tried when fucking I don't know how many years ago it was. I wrote a I wrote damn near a whole ass book that would have been like I don't know maybe twenty fucking chapters long, but it was a whole ass book, and then I just fucking deleted it. Right, so. When you're, you've you've never written a book before, or maybe you've written some short stories or some like you know things that get published in weird ass magazines or whatever. There's a you can tell from Wizard's first rule that it's probably his first book. And it was. Okay, so that was my opinion, right? Because I again I've never like been balls deep in any kind of fucking novels that are ongoing where you have a multitude of them. But when I read the books, the when I read Wizards of the First World the first time, it was like you could tell he was he was you could tell the book was probably rewritten a few times. Like he would he he everybody does, I guess every you know, a rough draft. <clears throat> and then you come back and you go, well, fuck, 
in chapter 39 of my first draft, that kind of conflicts with what the fuck I said in chapter four. Right. So you go back and you fill in the gaps. And this, you know, he does a really good job of, in Wizard's First Rule, of building the world that exists, right? You get a good, pretty good fucking layout from early on. And it's what I enjoy is that he builds the world during the story. Yeah. Right? It's not fucking 25 chapters of history history that, that builds the world right it's you learn the world as you're learning the story exactly shit's happening from the fucking get and i do appreciate that about with oh, that, that's probably like, what hooked me because it opens up and fucking activity starts something and is it, happening right now it's the one thing okay so as is later on as you read more and more books like this tempo that he has maintains and it sometimes it it tip it gets up to the point where you're like fuck i wish i could read faster because you just want you know it, it's just fucking moving it's just tempo 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 other times in some of his later books it's like fucking really i started this speech at chapter 35 and i'm on chapter 47 and we're still fucking having a speech like, I mean, come on, man. That's a slight exaggeration. It is, but, but it, it feels that way. It does feel that way. But not till later on. Right. There's at least one book that is like that. I would say there's two books. Well, okay. So, just a, a heads up. I, I feel like he peaked at a certain book. And then the next two books, I don't think they were as good. And I think it may that's be probably the because last two the books peak, that I read. It is. Because Which I think peak, I read those, and that was the end. Like he, I had to wait fucking two years or some shit for the next book to come out, and I was like, "Fucking life happened, and I lost it." Well, the the three books that came after those two are the end. So yeah, yes. Um, but I think he peaked in the book, and it was such a good freaking book. Yeah, I mean, I love reading. I would read it. I could start there. What are you talking about? Faith of the Fallen. Yeah, that was one of my favorite books. Yeah. Um. So, and you say that, and, and I'll get Jenny's opinion. Let's, I'll, I'll, let me get Jenny's opinion first, and then I'm going to make a statement about what you said with the, you can tell it's his first book. Okay, so just so we're all on the same page here, right? We're, we're rabbit holing a lot. I mean, we're a fucking half hour into this thing, right? So let's really try to focus in on Wizard's First Rule, our opinion about it, and, and let's talk about that. That's why I said, let me get okay. Jenny's thoughts. I'm trying to tell you to help me stop rabbit holing. Yeah, so stop talking. <laughs> what 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 you want my opinion on? Which well, part? I mean just your just your initial thoughts on okay, well, how I it started. Okay, well I will say Okay. I said I had a hard time getting into Game of Thrones because going back to the world building thing, it was like too much too much detail for me, I think. I enjoyed the way Terry did it because like you said there's already story happening while he's building the big ass world that he builds and so i enjoyed that um did you feel like you got dropped into okay so from richard's perspective let's give a quick understanding of who the people are that we're going to talk about for the next however the fuck long we talk about it right richard's the he's the protagonist he's the fucking he's the absolute a number one main Everything character. revolves around what the fuck's yep. going on with him, mm -hmm. right? His, it's his story. Yes. Richard K. 
Kalen. No. No. Oh. Richard. Richard. Oh, what? Richard Cipher. Richard Cipher. Okay. Yeah. I was I was hoping I would say Richard and you would follow it with a different word, but we'll get into that later. Well, I don't want to. Uh, at you this know point. it at the end of this book. Yes. So. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's like boom, you're in Richard's Cipher's fucking go world, the book. right? Like yeah. you're there. That's how it starts off. Some shit has already been going down for a minute, and he's like half-ass oblivious, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like this whole fucking he nightmare is, he is lives existing. in an isolated portion of the world. Right. right. So this world that he builds, and you'll get into this, there's essentially three parts. You have Westland, the Midlands, and then Dahara. Yes. Right? So you got West, Middle, and East, essentially. Yeah. You're right. They just have their own names. Yeah. The area that Richard grows up in is essentially, or supposed to be, magic-free. Correct. Like the only people that live in this area are non-magic type motherfuckers because of history. I would not say that. And that's this may be just strictly my interpretation. When it was set up, it was to be, there was to be no magic there. Magic since after the fact was there. Because not only do you have... The point is, is Richard grows up in this Westland thinking that 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 there's no magic. Right. And everybody else, by and large, that lives there assumes they're living in a magic-free area. Yes. But they do know that the magic thing exists. that separates them from all the other magic lands, right, the Midlands and Dahara. You are like, speaking of the boundary. Yes, the boundary, which is a magical thing. So they know, they're not dumb. They know right. magic is a thing. They know magic But exists. it just doesn't exist here, right. right? They get to live magic-free as just normal fucking people where all the people from the Midlands and the people from Dahara and everything else that you learn about later on they know that magical things yeah. happen there. There's wizards and fucking all these different things. So Richard is, from the way I took it, was like he's a pretty fucking young man at the beginning of the book. Like he hasn't been out like out on his own for very long. Like mid-20s, he just left his he early just left to mid twenties. His parents' house and he's doing his thing as being a guide in the fucking Westlands, right? Yeah. And then just when the book starts, it's like boom his whole fucking world starts getting fucking shaken up. Yeah, right. He finds that fucking vine, and we're off to the races. Yeah. Right? Like, and it doesn't fucking slow down really at all. All of a sudden, he runs into the secondary, I would say the number two character in the books, Kalen. Yes. Which I hope we're all in agreement on how that fucking name is said. <laughs> right. Because there's probably going to be somebody to listen to this soon or later that's like, well, that's not how I say it, and I'm sorry for that, but... Well, and that's the other thing about Terry Goodkind. I mean, that was a big statement that he made early on in in the series was that he would never correct anybody on how they said the name in their mind because he wanted to be their own. Well, names and the the way you say cities and, you know, the whole nine, right? They're they're obviously not like Chicago or things that are well-established. He's creating a fucking world that doesn't exist. Yeah. And so there's some names, like it's obvious, if anybody in the world has a way of pronouncing Richard other than fucking Richard. Okay, Let me know. Yeah. You speak probably in clicks. Richard. I was going to say Richard. Right. But, so, Kaylin shows up early. Yeah. Right? And she's like the secondary character. But, <clears throat> anyways, again, it just fucking takes off, and I don't think you get below fucking 70 mile an hour in this whole goddamn book, which I appreciate. I agree. I mean, it grabs you. What was the fucking first, the very first line? It was an odd looking vine. 
It's an odd looking vinyl. And and from that point on, it doesn't fucking slow down. I mean, there's obviously there's lulls, you know, but there's yeah, tempo and lulls. But there's not a whole lot of fucking downtime in the in this book. Yeah. But again, I do believe that as you're reading and you're going along, you're like, oh fuck, you can tell he was struggling right here because. What it what I think what happened was is he had a enormous fucking story in his mind that he knew was going to go well beyond this book, and he was it's like you got a bulletin board or whatever, and you got like a hundred points on there. It's like okay, these are the points in the story that I need to fucking tell, right? And he knows that he's only going to be able to get through the first seven in this one book, but he doesn't really know how to tie it all in to each other. And again, he gets way better at that as we go along, but part of this book, it's the only thing about Wizard's First Rule that I have a complaint about at all, is sometimes his world building and the way things flow together seems a little clunky. Yes, and in fact, you know, I've, I've found a couple of things that I'm like, well, wait. I mean, even after having read them and I just know that's the way it is, it's like, well, wait, that's somewhat contradictory. It's almost like the editor didn't catch the fact that that was contradictory. And then there's some parts where they did, and instead of just starting over, they tried to make a workaround that that does seem very new writer, writer cheesy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've just got to make this fit. It just has to fit, so let me just throw this. Yes, they put a fucking square peg in a round hole and hope that you just fucking breeze right. past it. Right, so there is some of that um early on and and for me having read it having read this book particularly so many times there are things that he does repetitively throughout the entire series that actually annoy me at this point and one is you know Richard ran his hair his hand back through his hair it's like okay I get that at this point and where I'm at in my number of readings I get it that's his releasing of of steam. Yeah. That's his rubbing his temples. Me. That's right. his, right. oh. he needs to pause for a second. Right. Yeah. So there's and that, some of and that. he's a very fucking, uh, special or rare person. I mean, yeah. 1000 fucking times. That's like, they know, do say that like 1 million lot. times. Yeah. yeah. He's a very rare person. And there's some of that, like you're reading the first book, right? And me having some foregone knowledge of the next six books, seven books, and Terry having way more knowledge of that. I think he's doing that half-ass on purpose. It's to foreshadowing. Give you, yes, yeah, it like is foreshadowing. A, That's what I assumed it was, so it, it didn't really bother me. Okay, and it being my first time reading the book, and I read it pretty quickly, which sometimes is a problem because I read it so quickly. Like, a lot of the details don't always stick until I reread it again or something. But um, I wasn't really bothered by any of that, any of his, any of it. Just the way the story flowed, I didn't get like, I don't know, I've read one billion books. And I guess in a way you could kind of tell it was his first novel, but if I didn't already know that, I don't really know that I would have picked up on it. And um, I had a point to That's make probably a fair. Ago. That's probably fair because... Now I did that find I'm... a couple typos, yeah, which like halted my brain for a minute and I was like... Mm. I, <laughs> all right. Yep. Me too. Yeah. I, I did that as well. And in fact, that became a thing for me. And in my first set of books, like this, this box, uh, this set that we bought, we, I didn't have, okay. 
I had all my original hardback books. Yeah, or, like the uh, one you bought when you were 16 years Correct. old. Correct. And at some point, I got dumb and was like, I don't need these no more. And apparently threw them away. Well, you've got some really nice hardback copies of the same books that are signed and all this kind of stuff. I it, do have the signed ones still. But even those, I got rid of the ones that weren't signed. Yeah. I'm down to having just three hardbacks from having the whole series at least twice over. But anyways, yeah. so when we decided to do this review and talk with Jenny about it, and she agreed to read the books, um, we picked up, you know, a set. And, um, but my original set that I had, I circled all of those. Oh, yeah. And there's at least, in the, at least in the first four books, there was quite a few. Terry's fucking wizard's first rule, like a like a seventy five year old preacher's Bible. Bible, yes. Fucking annotations and notes and yes. highlighted. And <laughs> I told shit y'all I like to research. Okay, <laughs> so I don't really get into it like that. I like to read the book and like experience the story. It's kind of my escape from reality. And yeah, I don't get into fucking same. Like I do get hung up on the typos sometimes, where I'm just like, well, I mean, where was the editor on yeah. this one? Come but, on, editor, right? Get it but, together. Yeah, no, I've never circled and underlined and wrote notes in the side. No, I don't get into it like that. So the arch of the story is Richard grows up with a friend of the family, essentially, Zed. Yes. Who is like probably the number three character in the books. Yes. Zed's a full-on fucking wizard. Right. He doesn't know that, though. Richard doesn't know that when he's growing up. He knows Zed's weird, and he has, like, his proclivities. and Yeah. Yeah. Like, typical what you think. If you picture a fucking nice... It's like a... The way I picture Zed is a skinny version of, like, Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's sort of how I always picture Yeah. Yeah. Like, very... That early fucking Gandalf where he comes and he, he... He... does the fucking rockets off the back of his fucking cart just to make the kids happy. and Or I guess they're not kids. They're fucking hobbits, but whatever. <laughs> they look like kids, but yeah. yeah. And he blows a fucking ring and then makes a... You know, that, that joyful, yeah. playful Gandalf like in the first seven minutes of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right? right. I feel like that's the Zed that Richard grew up with his whole life was just the playful side of Zed being a really good friend of the family. Right. Yeah. Turns out later on it's more than that, which I, I think I don't know. If, do you? I think you find that out in at the end of Wizard's First Rule. Yes. Yeah, at the very end, you find out that Zed is more to yes uh, Richard than just a friend of the family. But they don't know. Okay, you find that out as the reader, right? But I don't think the no he they doesn't know, know. each of Richard them. Richard does not know. Right, Richard doesn't know, and Zed doesn't know, know what Richard, Richard might know. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay, I but just... it, it does turn out that Zed is ultimately his grandfather. Correct. Right. There's like we saw we talk about you're coming into the when you start reading Richard's first rule, really you are picking up in like fucking season four because you could have had a retarded amount of books of all the shit that leads up to that point. Yeah. Right. So you're jumping in the middle of a fucking fire, and that's what I was going to ask Jenny about a minute ago. Did you feel that like early on, like holy shit, there's a lot of shit going on before this book started? I I don't know that I felt like that. I felt I feel like he gave us enough obviously as the story goes on you like wonder about things and I assume a lot of that is in the prequel book or whatever. But no, I didn't I didn't feel just like lost or just like overwhelmed by by backstory. Yeah. No, I didn't feel that. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to get into the second book and you're going to fuck ton of more backstory. And that's one of the things that's kind of cool about it is you kind of learn some of the 
what led up to the beginning of Wizard's First Rule in the second and third books. Like, there's some backstory given there, and you kind of, like, piece it together. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool-ass way to do it. You know what I mean? Obviously, Good kind knew he had a huge fucking story in his head. And you can't, I think, purposefully, you can tell he's inspired by previous fucking fantasy writers mm-hmm. and all this kind of shit, right? Yeah. So, like, in Wizard's First Rule, you meet, uh, what's the little fucking... Samuel. Yeah, you meet Samuel. And Samuel is... Very similar to Gollum. I mean... Real oh, yeah. fucking close to Gollum. And he catch he caught a lot of he Terry Goodkind has caught a lot of shit over the years because there are some similarities be, with some of the bigger name fantasy writers. Right. Like the Wheel of Time. I yes. look I looked at a what do you call it? Chat not a chat. Um No, we're talking about him earlier. A forum? Like, yes, a forum about it a while ago and they were like, I feel like the first two books were almost like Hand in hand, almost not identical, but very, very similar to the Will first two books of Will of Time. Mm-hmm. Did you read Will of Time? Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah. You were not a fan. I was not a fan. Okay. I'm not a. I'm not a Jordan fan. Okay. I was just wondering. I meant yeah. to mention earlier. Yeah. No. That he and it was on those forums that I was on that, you know, they're most Will of Time or Jordan fans are not fans of Terry Goodkind at right. all. This was not a very kind forum. I was like, oh, wow, these yeah. people hated yeah. it. <laughs> and there's there's some people out there that are like, they read all the fantasy, yeah. right? And it's just not up to their level of whatever, you know, and I'm kind of the well, opposite well. of them. Right. It, it falls short in their opinion, mm-hmm. right? And in my opinion, the others are too extra. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Where mine, I feel... Okay, there's a level of reality, right? I mean, obviously, I know in the real world, dragons don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Wizards don't exist, whatever. But there's a level of reality that's still connected. And I think that's kind of the story, like the relationship well, what's funny between is the characters like, that are the most real to me. The thing that I like about what Goodkind does with the way he builds his fantasy world, like, okay, so the obviously the title of the fucking book is Wizards First Rule. So there's a... there's Wizard rules, right? What's funny about them, though, is is those rules that wizards follow, essentially, are actually just things that happen in real life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I don't believe that there's a single person on the planet right now that has magical abilities to, like, compress air and push shit with it. Yeah. Okay, or so that's shit just that, think and a... Uh, candle lights. Right, or you right. flick your hand towards it. And, yeah. I, you know, that's the whole... You know, Yes, but I believe the rules that the wizards are supposed to like follow or understand and adhere to as best they can if they want a positive fucking outcome and not have a butterfly effect that wrecks shit later. Mm-hmm. They're things that humans, as we are in, in our own reality, that you can apply, right? So like the wizard's first rule, I mean, people are fucking stupid. Right. They will believe something because they want to believe it or they are because fearful of it's true afraid right it's true that's a fucking reality thing that mm-hmm. that happens in real life like you can trick a motherfucker and that's what richard as the story goes along he uses the he uses what they call magic to make something happen he's like no it wasn't that it's just me tricking this asshole and that's one of the things that zed says is like a really good trick 
is just as good as fucking magic. Right. right? Sometimes a really good trick is magic. Yeah. Right. And that's what I like about the the rules. They're like practical fucking things that you can use in real life. So there's yeah. this like this good good mix of straight up fucking magical shit that you like fucking dragons Fantasy. and yeah. you know gars and all these different things, right? But there's other portions of it that are grounded in everyday fucking reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the dragon, by the way. Oh, I enjoyed that part. Yeah, Scarlet. Yeah, yeah, Scarlet. Fuck, I almost forgot that she even existed in the first book. I guess she's only, I mean, primarily in the first book. We don't see her again? Mm-hmm. It's um, not that you don't see her again, but she's prominent. She comes back. She's she makes more, a reappearance. And yeah, she's way more prominent in the first book yeah. than I think in the others. She, that she is used strictly in the first book. Well, another thing, this is probably off topic, but another thing they said in that forum I was looking at is some guy was really aggravated because... Um, good kinds political views are very yes. mm-hmm. evident. Yes, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't get that. You're gonna get it. You'll get it soon. Around book four, you'll you'll start seeing it. You'll be like, oh. But here's oh, the here's- thing: I I believe because I know you. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of it's probably gonna line up with how you think, anyways. And that that is yeah. one thing. Here's here's the deal. Okay. If you are, if you're politically minded, opposite of what you're reading, you tend to be way more critical right. of what you're Agreed. reading, right? So if this person disagrees with the philosophies, which line up very much with, uh, I always say this wrong, or I, I never really know how to say it, but it's either Ann Rand or Ian Rand. I don't know. Somebody will probably correct us, but... Yeah. Uh, Atlas Shrug type stuff. Very conservative outlooks. Conservative, but also really more libertarian than conservative. Yeah, well, now you would call it libertarian. Right. When she wrote the books, it was dead on. It was pretty conservative. conservative. <laughs> um, so if if that's not your cup of tea, if you are more liberal in your politics, then I can see why you would be relatively uh, criticizing or critical of. Uh, Terry Goodkind because they do the further into the series you go and particularly once you meet once you reach the peak what I call Terry Goodkind's peak that is nothing but his politics and that's what I was talking about earlier where there's like it seems like it's five fucking chapters of a speech that Richard's given that Goodkind's given right. because as you go through this I've, I, re- I truly believe that Goodkind sees himself as the Richard character it's possible. I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree. Well, and that's more b- backstory. You know, he he talks about Richard not being him. But I believe his ideals and his philosophies If you look at a picture of through, fucking Goodkind and you read on Goodkind like how he lives his life. Don't right? do that. No. Where he lives. <laughs> yeah. You know, how he fucking his day to day when he's not fucking writing and all that kind of stuff. You're like, oh, dude, you're fucking Richard. I think he wants to be Richard. Yes, yeah. like it's a yeah. projection of what he thinks he would be if he lived in this world. Yeah. Now I don't picture Richard physically. No. In my brain, but there is some similarities. Like Terry Good kind of man is got long ass fucking hair, and, no. and I guarantee, goddamn, to you, the thing that you talked about earlier. I bet fucking everything I've got and whatever fucking banks will give me, right, <laughs> as a wager, that every time Good kind 
paused for a moment, like, fuck, how am I going to, how am I going to describe this? I guarantee he ran his Raise. hair or his fingers through his fucking hair. Right. <laughs> I guarantee you that happens. Probably. That's funny. Now I want to watch like YouTube videos of him or something. Right. There's um, really not a lot. He's, he's a very he's private pretty, person. Pretty, very and that's, private. that's why there was always a level of separation on the forum you know, he never got on personally. Now, as far as like live chats and stuff, I don't know. Um, he did do book signings and stuff. You know, I, I don't know if he so does he's not anymore. on social media. I, I mean, he may be. He may be, but it's very. It's like strictly. It's business. not him. Like the Facebook, I I follow his Facebook, and somebody else runs it, and somebody else runs it for yeah. him. Yeah, but I don't know about Twitter. I don't know about like the gram. It's one of the things that you know. I mean, you look at. I think people do this just in general, right? Like you fall in love with a book or you fall in love with a movie or whatever. And you're like, okay, who the fuck, where does this come from? Mm -hmm. And in the back of the books, back in the day, all it said was is Terry Goodkind lives with his wife in the Northwest United States or whatever the fuck it was. Like this is one line about him. And then you start fucking around on the internet back in the day and it was, there's fucking nothing about this dude. It literally, literally still on this copy that probably came out in some year that was printed relatively recently. Yeah, because that's not uh, the, the original cover art. Nope. Well, I was not it. a fan of the original cover art. Oh, it was bad. Super oh, it bad. was bad. That The first, the original cover, the red cover that's on the hardback that, oh my God. That is not like at all. Richard sitting on a fucking dragon and Caitlin's standing there and Zed's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And Chase looks like a little midget back yeah, Chase there. Chase is like a fucking, yes. Nah. It's so weird. Nah. Anyways, the well, back. I don't think I looked at it very hard. Now I'm going to look at it. Yeah, you're going to have to. The It says Terry Goodkind lives in the Western United States. The yeah. end. Wow. And I, I think we've learned that he lives like in the Oregon, Oregon area. Washington state. So when you're thinking about how he describes you know, Heartland, right? Mm-hmm. Or fucking the Westlands in general. It's a dense, heavy, musky fucking woods. And you're like, oh, yeah, dude, you live in the fucking Northwest? Yeah, that's your life. Yeah. When you go on a trail walk, he's basically describing the fucking Northwestern United States. So yeah. there's that's what I'm saying. There's these similarities that, that come along there. But it, I don't know. It It's probably... Every writer does that to some extent, right? I'm sure. So I don't really give too much of a fuck about that. He builds a world that he knows, yeah? And then later he ends up expanding. And that's what's funny is you're watching like, oh, well, when he gets out of the western United States and gets into the heartland of the United States, that's essentially the fucking Midlands. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Dahara, because you've got like these two mountain ridges, and it's the United States is the way it's set up. He's he's building the world around what he knows, and I guess you don't have any other way of doing that as a person, right? All you can do is what you know. Right. So I, I didn't really have that much of a problem with that. I actually kind of enjoyed it because I can picture yeah. these things that I'm familiar with. Maybe it sucks for somebody who's reading this book and they're from goddamn Zimbabwe or some bullshit and they don't have yes. any way to relate to what the fuck America is, but yeah. the fucking world that he builds is the United States and then fucking Mexico later. <laughs> <laughs> I think the United is States... Is that the world? Yeah. Um, and then you would take all the other continents on the earth Combine them and put them below the United States, and that would be yeah, the old world. Pretty and much. And in yeah. fact, 
two books, three, Temple of the Winds. I think Temple of the Winds is where one of the characters that you have not met yet uh, pretty much puts the nail in the coffin as to what the size of the world is. All right, so Cliff Notes' version of Wizard's First Rule. Richard starts out, he didn't know fuck all. The world is divided into three places. We've talked about Westland, which is like magic-free. It's divided by a thing called a boundary that you learned Zed had a part in. No, he didn't have a part in He it. was the guy. He was the guy. Right, but the decision-making process, yeah. well, I, mean, I guess it really was his decision because Zed is essentially the fucking wizard. Which right. you, don't, you don't find that out until later on. Um, well, not even later on, midway through the first part. Um, of the book. So, but at, at the beginning, you don't know that. In yeah, fact, you don't know that, but that's right. what I'm getting at. The the story arc here, the, the yeah. Cliff Notes version is, is the world's divided into three sections. You got Westland, which is like this little innocent, half-assed innocent, mm-hmm. you know, just standard fucking living. Everybody's naive, magic yeah. free. Yeah. Supposed to be. Anyways, yeah. there's a boundary that is put up by Zed mm-hmm. in the time before mm-hmm. there was this huge fucking conflict. There was a war and all this kind of shit. And some people were like, we're fucking done with magic, man. Fucking over it. Just fucking over it. And they're like, okay, well, y'all go live over here. And then people that want to have magic can and want to be peaceful amongst each other live in the middle. And then you tyrannical assholes get the fuck over there, and we're going to put up a, two boundaries. So Correct. you got these two things that split the world, well, as you know it now, into thirds. Correct. Westland, the Midlands, Dahara. Right. And what it is is Dahara is essentially going after the world. Right. So the right. way I look at it is you got Westland, which is like what we have is just you think normal life. It's kind of diplomatic. You have major cities, you have a council and all this kind of shit. And it's it's a diplomatic place. The Midlands is that plus magic. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have Dahara, which is basically fucking Germany circa 1925. There is a, or even, I mean, you could say just a king. You know, there is a single ruler who makes all decisions Mm -hmm. for everybody. You don't have a say. He makes the rules. Right. Right. So the story arc is that world east of of the Westlands is still in fucking turmoil because the totalitarianism from Dahara is like, how about this? I'm gonna go ahead and take over all the world. As fucking dictators do, right? They want total control of everything. And, of course, we're talking about magic. So you have Dark and Raw, who ends up, at the end of the book, you find this out, is actually fucking Richard's dad. Correct. But he is the antagonist of Wizard's First Rule. He's the bad guy in that story. Mm-hmm. And the whole, I didn't know he was going to be Richard's dad. Well, I no. knew I knew he was... I knew Zed had some sort of family connection with him like i can pick that up but i was not ready I mean, you kind of feel I like i was like wait what <laughs> you kind of feel like and, and you maybe maybe it's just me and after reading multiple books i don't know maybe jenny can chime in on this but i feel like if you're just reading wizard's first rule you kind of feel like richard at 21 22 years old whatever it is he's maybe first generation westlander Right, yes, like this he, thing yeah. hasn't been going on for fucking ever. Like, there's a lot of people that live there that used to live in what was, I guess, just the whole fucking world. Right, there was no divisions or whatever. Right, like Westland had fucking magic at one point, and it was just a world that had all the things in it. Yeah. 
And they decided to split it up into these thirds so that people can live wherever the fuck they wanted to live for whatever they wanted to do. Again, coming back to reality, if you don't like freedom, fucking move to a place that's a totalitarian regime and yeah. live there. If you like that, if you like a motherfucker dictating to you what time you get up and what you do for a living, go live there. So they made these options. But you, you get the sense of Richard grew up at a very young, from a very young age, like it was a new thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's kids, obviously, people younger than him that are maybe second generation. And if this story didn't start when it did, five years down the road, Richard would probably have kids that were second generation, magic free. And it was just, that was just their normal, which it was Richard's normal. It was Richard. Like Richard didn't know like the all apple. the things before, but his right? dad. And his mom, and obviously Zed, and people that Correct. were significantly older than him, and I would think even go to so far as Richard's brother, was probably alive when the boundary went up. I don't think Richard was born till post-boundary. His brother's not that much older than him. I mean, I would put him maybe 10 years older than him, but um, because they play, you've got to remember, they played together... And that, like, in at the end of Wizard's First Rule, oh, yeah. he, you know, he would the whole thing bow and, and kneel and all that stuff, and you know, that's they they sword fight. Well, that's what together, I'm saying. I'm so. thinking, what's Richard's fucking brother's name? Michael. Asked, no. Yeah, Michael. it is Michael. It is okay. Michael. But I'm thinking maybe Michael, if he's let's say he's seven years fucking Richard's senior, he might have actually been alive when the boundary went up. Maybe he don't remember it. Maybe it's not something that's a a big thing to him, but. Richard's parents, for sure, as we find out, were damn sure alive and made the choice to be in fucking Westland. I don't. Right. I can't I remember don't what that. happened to his mom. She died in a fire. She did die in a fire. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think you're wholly correct. Okay, or at least not in the way you're saying it. Um. Richard's mother met Richard's stepdad. What we find up is, what we find out is his stepdad, um, after they went to the Midlands because Richard's right. mother was was pregnant with Richard mm-hmm. before she got with him. He right. he came into the picture in Westland. Right. So, I don't think Michael knew. I don't think he knew anything about. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he. It's not a. It's not a. Firm he didn't grow memory. up with magic. He grew up in the, in the Westland. Right, but I feel like maybe he was because obviously Richard came after him. Correct. Right. So the boundary went up sometime between Michael being born and Richard being born. Yeah. And the way I the way I read the story, because Michael is like I shouldn't say significantly older than him, but he is oh. older than him enough to have made his way politically to be the head motherfucker in charge over the council of the Westland where Richard looks up to him for that. So there's a, there's a gap there. I would say 10, I would say seven to 10 years because if Richard is 23, which is what I put him in my mind, you know, he's, he's, he has been out of the home long enough to have built himself a home, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're talking like ax kind of building, you know, um, so I've always pictured him as roughly 23 and if he was 7 years then I'd put him at 30 if he was if he's 10 years older then that would put him at like 33. You're so good at math. So 
Oh, it was easy math. <laughs> and maybe that's why I always pictured him at 23. Cause, so that's but, what my point was, is that maybe it wasn't something that Michael was like, maybe he's a toddler or whatever. But I yeah. feel like Michael was alive when Richard's mom and Zed decided to, we're choosing Westlin. Yeah. Fucking boundary goes up. You feel yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, Michael wasn't born in Westland before there was zero magic. Okay. I'm confused. I think I confused myself just now. Michael, his dad is the one who got murked? Yes. His mom is the one who died in the fire? No. Who's See, that's mom? one of these We things. don't know. We, that's it, one of those things never that I've divulged. always been curious about is who's Michael's dad? I Michael's doubt dad Richard's dad. Cypher. But his mom was different. Yes. So my point carries is it doesn't. That's a fucking loop that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, it does. Okay. Explain to George me George Cipher, mm-hmm. Richard's stepdad. Yeah. Is Michael's dad. All right. There's so a is wife. Michael's George, mom. George had a. But then Michael went on this rant about how his mom died in the fire. Well, because fire's not allowed. Stepmom. Oh. It burnt my fucking mom up. Don't his stepmom. Okay. So yeah. George, so, but he called it my mom. So he doesn't know no, any different. He probably doesn't know any different either. But I'm, I'm, I hmm. mean, I've read this a lot. My understanding was that George Cipher had a wife that we know nothing about. We know we don't know how he died, how she, she died, how she it. is not in in his life, but she's not. So Richard's mom, Richard is the only child to her. Correct. Do we even know her name? All I can think of is Erilyn, and Erilyn is Zed's wife. I cannot think of her name if if we know even if know we it. Even know it. It was Richard's mom. Right, is all I've ever known. Yeah, I don't remember. So her what name. you're telling me is is that Michael was born to George Cipher's first wife, who well, somehow or another disappeared. That is my understanding. That's um, how I've always read it. Richard's mom, which is Zed's daughter, correct, gets raped by Dark and Raw. Mm-hmm. Has this child, which is Richard, George steps in. It's like a Brady Bunch. I think George was there before she actually had Richard. And I could be wrong. I could just be making that detail up in my brain to make it all sort out the way I want it to sort out. But here's the thing. The only father Richard ever knew outside of Zed, a father figure, was George, George Cipher. Yeah. So either he he showed up in Richard's life before he was born or in infancy. Well, I feel like he showed up while Richard was in utero. Well, that's why I said like she before was he pregnant. was born. Correct. And then it's never there's never a timeline. There was a timeline was never given on when they met. You just know that his mom, Richard's mom, met George Cipher, and George Cipher became the de facto father. So of then, you're, what you're saying has to be true. Michael has to be at a at a at at best a fucking stepbrother. He is no blood relation whatsoever. Correct. Now Richard doesn't or, know that right until towards the end of the book. But yes, oh, okay. Is it not possible that? Mom and George were together, had Michael. The world was open at this point. So mom gets raped, gets pregnant. 
while being married to George, already having so. a child. I don't think so because I think it was laid out that George, George made a decision to be Richard's father. Right. Well, he could have still made that decision. Yeah, Shit, my wife think... got raped. Oh well, this is my child. That could be. We're li- we're, we're getting drug, drug down in some real in, fucking in minutia, f- yes. But the point is, is that you have essentially Richard is first his age group is first generation Westlander, right? Yeah, that's what we're saying, regardless of of all the other shit that we were just talking about. Right. Story begins essentially there, like the, his whole fucking life. That's all it's, he's It's known. just been normal. Like, mm-hmm. he knew. He knows because people tell stories, well, the boundaries went up. And, like, he's aware of, you know, how things ended up as they ended up. But his whole fucking life, he doesn't know that there's even a remote fucking possibility that he could ever come in contact with people outside of Westland. Because the boundary is supposed to be impenetrable. And it's If you go into off. the boundary, you're dead. Yes. It's for a whole time. Like he knows Chase. Chase is like a really good ass friend of his. He's and Chase is warden. a boundary warden. That's his whole fucking job is to keep dumbasses from walking into the fucking boundary because essentially the boundary is the underworld mm-hmm. raised up through the real world as a thing to go, hey, you go over there, you're fucking done. Right? And there's no way for people to come from the Midlands into Westland. Right? That's... I'm talking about Richard's yeah. mentality. Yeah. He, there's no way on, in his mind, it's fucking impossible that he's ever going to run into any fucking body that has magic or there's no way for him to go to a place that has magic. Right. And he also understands that on the other side of the Midlands, there's a whole nother fucking place with another boundary up between it. There's no way that people that live in Dahara can interact with the people from the Midlands and the Midlands can't interact with fucking Dahara. Right. So there's these yeah. three really fucking clear zones in his mind of where you can and cannot exist in this world. Yeah. Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Supplies, motherfucker. Right. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, he's just doing his fucking job, right? He's out in the fucking woods just doing his damn thing. Actually, he's off fucking hunting some weird shit because his fucking mom and dad's house got blown up and his dad got murdered and a whole shit storm of shit happened and he's half-assed being a fucking guy, but he's also trying to figure out what the fuck just happened with his dad. And he runs up on this fucking vine and it bites his motherfucking ass. It bit him. And he's like, ow, that shit hurt. And now I'm hurting a lot. Randomly, a beautiful fucking woman in a white dress is walking through his woods. And he's like, who the fuck is this? And then he goes, oh, wait, there's some other assholes following her because he's a woods guy. He knows what the fuck's up. He's like, shit, this bitch is going to get got. I need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bam, he meets Kalen, and then the story really launches from there, right? As soon as he meets her, he doesn't. He just thinks she's just some random-ass bitch that's traversing his land alone like a dummy with fucking four other dudes finna right. get that ass, right? Yeah. He runs into her, and then they're in a situation where they have to fight for their lives. He's thinking, as he always has, I gotta, I gotta stab, stabby, stabby, my stabbing knife and the whole nine, right? And she goes, hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put a hand on a bitch. (laughs) She's like, let me put my hand on this fucking dude. And that's the, bam. He's like, holy shit. That was fucking weird. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but something happened outside of my norm. Right. And he's not a dummy. 
He's like, what the fuck are you? And she's like, I ain't finna tell you that for a while. Yeah. Like the whole fucking book, I'm not going to tell you that. And it's a bummer because the whole time no. you're like, just fucking tell him. It's yeah. not, it, it's, it's not the whole book. Damn near though. Because it's the whole last book. They're okay. I cried. I need you to understand these books. Like I still cry. I've read them a billion times. I mean, we went from 22 to a billion. Right. I cry every time at certain parts. And that, to me, is one thing that I like about the way Terry Goodkind writes is there's these secrets. And you yeah. kind of know the secret because there's inner dialogue with the characters, right? So you you know the secret and you're like, oh, God, just, just you know, tell her or tell yeah. him or say it or do it or whatever, you know. Um, it's that yell at the fucking screen moment. Don't go in that room, you fucking dummy. Right. But, or just tell him that you love him. Yeah. And the whole fucking world will change. There's yeah. a fuck ton of those moments, yes. right? Where you just wish you're yelling at these two characters or three characters and go, don't fucking not tell them that. Yeah. But that's also what builds the suspense. Yes. That's what that I'm talking makes about. You get to that part of, this okay. This fucking book stays in the red line the whole goddamn yeah, way. I got like 45 pages left. I've got to read all of them now. Yeah, that's right. that's what does create that. Um, and that was something that I, I wanted to ask Jenny about is how she felt about the obvious deception from from two angles, right? Well, three actually. The uh, Kaylin and Richard, mm-hmm. Kaylin not wanting to tell Richard mm-hmm. that the, she's a confessor, right? The uh, Zed not wanting to tell Richard and the Richard not wanting to tell Zed. Yeah. I mean, that, he knows that, the book of counted shadows right. by fucking heart. Mm. Right. Like the whole thing with throwing away. Once he found out that Zed is the one that hid the book, the book. Yeah. He was with the a, keeper with a, uh, a beast and Richard's walking around with this beast's tooth right around his neck. And so he sticks it in a log and chunks it into the, the river or whatever, you know, it's like, there's all this deception, and you're thinking, man, if they did just talk to each other, right. this book would have been so short. Because if they would have just told each other all the things, then they and could have handled it, that like end scene the, a lot different. Right. And the first time, she wouldn't have been so dramatic. The first time that I read through the books, when okay, so we got to get through this. Okay, y'all got to help me. Let's let's get the fucking cliff notes done, and then we'll come back to the moment where Zed, Kaylin, Richard are all at at, at, uh, Zed, at Zed's house. Okay, we'll come back to that. Okay. Let's not forget. Arching story is Richard realizes that he's dealing with a bitch that he doesn't know what the fuck just happened, but he knew magic just happened, and he's like, what the fuck? Because Kaylin has a confessor. She touches the fucking man, owns his ass now, right? To his fucking core, owns him because that's her magic. Yeah. He falls in love with her, like, right the fuck away, and she falls in love with him, Ride the fuck away. So, did y'all hear that fucking Yeah, because you were shaking your head. He decides, okay, I'm in. I'm helping you. She's on a fucking mission. She's looking for Zed is what she's doing. She needs to find the Wizard of the First Order because some shit's going down and fucking Dark and Raw has figured out how to fuck off the boundary between Dahar and the Midlands and he is wrecking shit in the Midlands. his, His fucking horde of assholes is fucking up everybody. He's taking over the world is what yes. he's doing. The only thing that stands between him 
having success and failure is Richard. And it's the one singularity in this fucking series. It's like, really? Like, every time we turn around, he's the only motherfucker on the planet that can do something about this. There's not maybe two fucking options, really. There's one fucking guy. <laughs> one motherfucker that has to fucking stop the fucking end of the world. What's it's it called? that the, the Seeker? Yes. He is the, the seeker. seeker of Truth. Seeker of Truth. Yes. But and he's it, also, he's, he's, he ends up with a fucking laundry list of titles by you, the time right. Six comes around. You, you understand that, like, that's the whole series is Richard is the only one that can save the us. The only one. Richard is the only book, one that can save us. Richard two, is the only, only one that can save us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's a very rare person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a very rare person, yes. So anyways, the, the, the story arc is, is fucking uh, Dark and Raw, who is a wizard from Dahara, very fucking powerful wizard, because he's made a fucking deal with the devil, essentially, right. the keeper of the underworld, to be an agent for him and open the boxes of Orden so that what you think the whole time is that Dark and Raw gets to just unabashedly rule the world. Mm-hmm. He gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to, just Im- he'll be immortal fucking powder, power. Right. So that's the point of this story is Richard, Kalen, and Zed, and the people that decide to join them figure out how to make that not happen. Right. Yeah. Go right. off on this big adventure. Richard ends up figuring out that he can, there is a pass in the boundary that you can like sneak through there a little bit and that get into the fucking midlands. That was one of my favorite parts of the story. It was a fucking really good part. Addy is might be fucking top three characters of the whole fucking yeah. book for me. I love that chick. Mm-hmm. Um, they figure out that you can, yes, you can go from through these little fucking cracks and crevices. You can make your wave across the boundary, right? And they do that, and they end up at the mud people. That's a gigantic fucking storyline. That's like half the book almost mm-hmm. is them dealing with the mud people. And I fucking love that part. It's very like, oh, shit, he's got to win them over and the whole nine, right? It's a big thing. I can't say any of their names. I say them all. I have learned. Chandelin? Yeah, since... Savidlin? Yeah, since uh, the advent of audiobooks, mm-hmm. I learned that I was saying their names all wrong. I'm I was sure saying Kaylin's name all wrong. Because my brain just like reads it as it sees it. Yeah. yeah. Like it would have been, what did I decide? Okay, Kaylin, Colin. Colin. Yeah. Yeah, it's Colin Kaylin. or something. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm sure I said all the mud people ones wrong. Yeah. Uh, whatever it, it's Savidlin is the and then you got like the fucking Birdman. I don't know if you ever know his fucking name other than the Birdman. Mm-mm. But Savidlin's like the fucking. He's like he he ain't trusting a fucking soul, mm-hmm. right? He's anti. That was Chandelin. Chandelin. Yeah. And then you got the two brothers that were Savidlin. Savidlin, yeah. And uh, Tosselin. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so there's this whole thing, like there's this rite of passage that he, it's what I come across, it's the way I take it is, like there's a rite of passage, you came into the Midlands, guess what, shit's weird over here, son. Right. And now here's your fucking little bit of dipping your toes into how this whole fucking section of the world works because there's a little bit of magic involved. Yeah. Like the mud people only use magic just a little bit and on rare fucking occasions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before you jump off into, you're going to find out in this book that magic goes really fucking deep. Yeah. He ends up, they they work their way through the mud people. They get the thing that they need from that. All, he learns there's dragons, 
all like his whole world just is like fucking blown up. Well, and I think you can tell that because, well, we won't go there because that's really starts in the second book. But uh, he goes from the mud people, which is a great fucking portion of the book. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of all the books is that that introduction to a world where there is a little bit of magic. He comes out of there and like, hey, cool. We got the thing we needed. We talked to the fucking spirits and we got naked and we drew fucking lines like on our face. I it was very much more like a peyote kind of magic. Yeah, yes. it was. Fucking yes. frogs on your chest. Yeah. Lick a frog and let's go to the moon. Yes. Yes, but that, right? And that comes up later on. It's like, oh, really? You, the only way you they use magic is by using a fucking, right. essentially a fucking hallucinogen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, but that comes up later, later, like right. later, later. Um, but he comes out of that, boom, he figures out, okay, here's the path. Because him and Zed get separated. Zed gets snatched. And, and Chance get, or Chase gets snatched. They're, they're all asleep and shit. And Rich is like, fuck it, we got to move forward. Just fucking move forward. He's a plow forward, let's just fucking go kind of guy. He motherfucking hashtag stays he, ready. He is very much a task-oriented yes, fella. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. I got to go to J. Fuck all them other letters. I'm going straight to fucking J. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it would probably be beneficial if he was to like deviate a little bit. And that's where Kaylin comes in. She's like, hey, dude, I'm your fucking guide, but I'm also your, I'm in love with you. But you don't know that, and he doesn't know that, but they feel it. The tension inside the romantic side of it is a thing. It's an undertone that I believe he did very well mm-hmm. of letting that just stay at a fucking simmer. Yeah. Right. Just where ride, you know. Yeah. And you you wish if they just knew, then maybe, oh, fucking but brown it was chicken, worth brown it. cow would have happened right. early. Right. And I think it was, <clears throat> I feel like it was all the way worth it. Yeah. Here's, here's a fucking spoiler alert. They do not fuck before the end of the fucking first book. No. Sorry about your bad luck. It don't happen. Nope. Close. But anyways, he moves on from there, and then he gets got, right? He gets fucking trapped. He goes on his own little way, and he's like, hey, I got this. Huh? I keep going. And then fucking uh, Dina? Is that how y'all say that? No, that's not how I... Yes, that is how I say it. Sorry. Dina, who's a Mord Sith, who has a very specific kind of magic given to her by Dark and Raw, is like, I got your motherfucking ass. And she takes him and fucks his life up for, I guess, months? I feel like it was probably a couple months, yes. It's straight up fucking torture for his ass for a while. But that torture ends up leading to the way that he defeats Dark and Raw. I want to stop right there for a second and touch on that. Because you made a comment about it, a very specific comment, about that portion of the story. Mm -hmm. To where you were almost like, God, I get it. Right? Yes, how did you feel about that part when he was captured by the Mord Sith? And I did want them to move on from it, but I felt like it all, I mean, it was there for a purpose. And the also, payoff was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the repetition was trying to, was Terry Goodkind's way of trying to drive into your brain what it took to break him while still maintaining that portion of his mind that he essentially compartmentalized. They call it partition, you know, like you partition a computer drive. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think that it was, it was absolutely necessary to just keep hounding you with the constant man. I'm telling you, I think because you later two chapters worth of that later. And we and got I the same payoff. I, no, I don't think so. And I can't really bring it up because you haven't gotten into the second book, but it, it is 
absolutely what drives him in the second book. And I think and you I, need that. Now listen, I've, I've read that book and beyond. And I'm telling you, after I've read... Okay, so Wizard's First Rule has come across my brain three times at this point. All right? Obviously not as many times as you. But as a reader, the first time you read it, you're going, I fucking get it, dude. It sucks. Right. Like, she's torturing the dog shit out of him. Right? Just... For the people that are listening, maybe they haven't read the book, right? Mord Sith are essentially fucking sadomasochists, mm-hmm. right? There's chains, and they have this thing. What do you call it? I call it an ajeel. What do you call it? How did you read it? Her torture instrument. The red leather rod. I don't remember now. I'd have to, like, look at it. So I call it an ajeel. I believe it's, I don't know. I feel like that's what my brain said. Yeah. So, anyways, it, it's her. It's what A G A E L O something. It's a one foot fucking rod of leather yeah. that has magic in it that gets used as a fucking torture instrument. You can do everything in the world, cause a lot of pain, rip skin, whatever. They use that on him by stealing his magic that he has inside of him. Mm-mm. The sword's magic. Mm. That's very specific. It is the source magic. That's yeah, true. Yeah, because he had to use the sword. Right. So anyways, they fucking torture his... The whole point of a Mord Sith is to take a person with magic. of uh, Maybe it's associated magic, but maybe it's direct magic. They take it and they can use it against them to cause pain. The mm-hmm. more magic you have inside of you, the more pain they can render. Mm-hmm. The point of it is, is to break you. It's essentially like... I mean, you, Waterboarding yes, or some shit. Except- it's like... Um, uh, Stockholm syndrome, almost like you mm-hmm. punish a motherfucker until all of a sudden they agree with you and are on your side and are willing to participate in the whole process, right? Yeah. And it's to get you to a point to where you will do whatever the fuck they say when they fucking say it and want to greatly to do that. Yes. You want to provide your Mord Sith, your mistress, with the pleasure of just doing what the fuck they say, not because you fear the pain that's coming or the torture that's coming because it's twisted your mind into a state of you want to make them happy no matter fucking what. Right. Right. They use the pain and the torture to get you to that place, which is fucking funny because that's essentially what a confessor, which is what Kaylin is does, but it's instant fucking tenuous with her touch. And it, it It requires no, it's no pain. Yes. It's, her power takes you and you immediately will do, if she tells you to die, you will die. Yes, Your exactly. heart will stop and you will fall on the ground. So the whole right. point of this scenario is Dark and Raw sets this trap for Richard because he knows Richard is pivotal in him being able to complete his task, his yeah. want and desire to enact the boxes of Orden so that he can gain this power to rule the world. Right. He knows he needs Richard. He doesn't necessarily know why, but he knows that I got to have this motherfucker. Yeah. Well, he knows there's no book. Right. And he knows that Richard knows the book. He knows that Richard knows the book. So that's what we were talking about earlier, the mm-hmm. Book of Counting Shadows. It's the instruction manual on how to fuck with the boxes of Orden so that you can pick the right path and not die or destroy the world. Yeah. There's three boxes. One ends the world. One ends you. The other one gives you all the power. Correct. Right? The only way you can do those is this very specific fucking book 
There's only one, and somehow or another, fucking George Cipher snatched that bitch, right, and brought it back and made Richard remember it, which, again, we're going back into the, you learn things early on, you don't understand the meaning of it, but later on you do, you learn that the only way you can, number one, read a book of magic is to, mm. are we jumping into Stone yep. Tears? Yep. Okay, never mind. So there's importance to how that works. So somebody else couldn't have been able to read that book? No. Lots of people could read that book. Somebody of magic. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, spoiler alert. Heavy spoiler alert. <laughs> Anyways, so, but Rawl knows that the book doesn't exist, and there's only one source for that information, and it is this fucking guy, and I need to have him in front of me when I decide to fucking do the damn thing. Right. And he also knows that because of that, he knows that he also needs Kalen. He needs Kalen because the... She's the okay, and yes, he needs those two people again, the two number one and number two protagonists in the book. But he knows that when he goes to ask Richard what he needs of him, he needs for fucking sure that Richard's going to tell him the honest to God's fucking truth. So he uses his Mord Sith to break Richard so that when his mistress, Dina, says. Tell this motherfucker what he wants to know. Richard will just fucking explode with the information, right? right so <clears throat> fucking surprise, motherfucker! Again, we you get doxed multiple times in this book. Richard, early on in his fucking punishment, decides because of his love for Kalen and this that and the fucking third, he's gonna lock away in his mind somehow. He calls it like just putting it in a room and shut the door and locking it, right? His love for Kalen, who he is as a person, all these different things. He's like. All this shit that I'm going through with this Mord Sith, it is what it is, but I'm going to lock the core of me and my love for Kalen in this room so that when this is over, I can go retrieve that. And that's a very special fucking thing that most people can't do that, right? She doesn't, Dina doesn't know that that's a possibility. Fucking Dark and Raw doesn't know that that's a possibility, but he does it. End of the story. Everybody ends up in this fucking room with Dark and Raw. His plan comes together. All the characters end up there. And Richard's like, gotcha, motherfucker. Because of this locked away information. I wanted to I want to touch on something real quick. Uh do you remember that after uh, you know, Richard goes and, and talks to um to Dark and Raw and he's like, Okay, well, I'll give you I think it was two weeks or mm-hmm. fourteen days. Yeah, or like something. here's you a fucking furlough. Right. Randomly. You can go out and do this thing, but you have to be back here by the first day of winter, right? Right. And you remember that it, roughly at that time, he it does like a I'm going to call it a cutscene, as if it were a movie. Yeah. And it goes to where Kaylin is, mm-hmm. and she's well on her way mm-hmm. to Dahara mm-hmm. because they know that that's where Richard is. Um. Do you remember the wood scene where she learns about her special power? Yes. How did that make you feel? With uh, I called it. I always said Demon, Demon Nass. Demon Nass uh, is how they say it in the books. Okay. How how did or you? Or the audio books. Do you recall the specifics of that scenario there? I'm trying. She goes to into think. the Condar, which is the blood rage. It's right. a super special power for. Confessors that they're supposed to be taught at a certain age by From their, their mother, mother mom. Yeah. and her mom died early on, 
and she never got taught how to use that, and right. then just she randomly, just came up with it out of her like her rage and her and was like, heartbreak. Mm. It yes. is specific to Richard, yeah. Um, which I think you learn more about that later on. Yeah, the but, the the condor can only be invoked for a singular person. You can't do it for yourself or, as a confessor. You can't do it for just random assholes. It's like a thing inside of their magic that's weird that has to be for drawn for a specific person. And the way the books lay sure it out, you learn that later. But is once you like, yeah, let's say know. I Terry invokes it for me. It's bonded for me until I'm done. You learn that she later. She can't do it for so you. So she can only do it in regards to Richard. something involving at Richard. this point. Yes. yes. Um, so hmm. do you? There was some. Justice. Okay. Whoa. See, I think I'm I'm starting to worry that maybe I'm I'm getting into the second book. Here's what I want to know. The connection. Here's what I'm okay, so we know Jenny, right? Mm-hmm. That scene, all right, in the woods when Demon shows up and he's got what three quarters of a of a quad with no, him? No, I think he has a he had quad. a full quad. And Oh, that was that child molester guy. That's who y'all are talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. He's okay. the, yeah, yeah. the boy butt fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he shows up. He's like Dark and Raw's essentially his right hand. His right hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Evil mm-hmm. fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. But that scene where Zed throws a fucking web at all of them and they are protected by Dark and Raw's subtractive magic. Mm-hmm. It essentially like fucking rubber. What's the fucking thing? Uh, Bounces off of me and sticks to yes. you. That's what I was thinking. That one. I was like, oh, shit. That fucking happened. Anyways, <laughs> bam. He gets wrapped up in fucking five webs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like five times. And he's just, he can't fucking move. He can't blink. He can't do anything. But watch this happen. Mm-hmm. She, did she try to use her confessor's power? She went into the condor. But I thought she tried to use it first. And it didn't work. Well, weren't they like... Like it's her she regular... She raping her or something. Yeah, they were fixing... Well, that's what I'm getting at. They oh, were. Oh God, they that's broke a detail I can't. Arm. I can't recall at this point. I think she tried to use just like the regular her her standard confessor's yeah, power, I think you're and right. it was fucking null and void. It just yeah, didn't work. It didn't work. They and were it protected her by head. oh shit. That's what it was. Shit. Is they like blocked it? No, I may be thinking about another. I guy. think she tried to use her confessor's power on the first member of the quad mm-hmm. that put her put his hands on her. Yeah, she released it. And nothing happened. Yeah. And she right. was like, what in the actual fuck? Right. And then, so that from there forward until. What was your emotions during that little, that one chapter, that scene of breaking her fucking arm and they, they got that ass. They had her. Right. Well, I mean, obviously for me, it was a little stressful, but I anticipated that she was going to. So, I just assumed, because she was such a big part of the story and whatever, I assumed she was going to come back and with their ass. I just didn't really understand how, but so I was... So, you kept that glimmer of hope. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's... This is so I'm gonna tell hard you right now. to read. Right. Let's get to the part where <laughs> she, like, right now. cuts their weenies off or whatever. Yes, I feel like there is somebody in good kind's life, sister, mom, wife, a good friend or something... That has went through that in real life because the way he made that scene build up. The retribution. Up, mm-hmm. You fucking 
hated yeah. the fucking people. I mean, obviously, rape is fucking abhorrent, right? But the way he built it, you truly had the ire and the fucking... Like, you were so... It, the payoff when she was able to come out of that, I feel like was amplified because of the this the way he developed that scene it just mm-hmm. seemed like yeah. fuck fuck but yeah. if you think about it that's also what like normal or i don't want to call it normal um i believe people of our mindedness right like like-minded people uh if you are like our minds that is the absolute payoff that you wish you could do yeah like in real life right if that shit happened to you or your sister or whatever that is the reaction you would like to have yeah and he gave it to you unapologetically Mm -hmm. let you have it let Mm -hmm. you have it right but that's what i'm saying is the detail and the 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 ability of him the wordsmithing yeah during that truly built that fucking angst inside of you of like shit because you if you go back to like again the first time you're introduced to Caitlin mm-hmm. she's being fucking hunted by a quad and yes. that's their fucking goal if they get there that's why they send four because she's gonna snatch one he's gonna kill at least one other motherfucker but the other two that might get left all they've got to do is kill her mm-hmm. but they get to fucking wreck her whole life yes and they did. And rape and everything she, else. She, in fact, that was one of the, uh, this part, and it was pretty early on in the book. In fact, I think it was like the night after Richard uh, met Kaylin. Um, I I struggled with this part of Kaylin recounting uh, what happened with her sister. Yeah. Which, who was also, well, it was her sister confessor. I don't think they were actually sisters. No. You know, and then she ends up getting drugged back to the underworld because of telling this story. Yeah. I struggled with that a lot. Oh, when they were in the, uh, in the wayward, wayward pond. pond yeah. yeah. And Richard um, used magic, apparently, to draw her back in. You didn't yeah. know it at the time. Right. Yeah. And I struggled with that a lot because, it, to me, that came off very cheesy. A little bit. Yeah. But it, was, th- it was cheesy. I think it was necessary. It. Right. I think it was For necessary later. information. I just think he could have done a better job. And, and again, this is my critical mind of having read the book 110 times. I circled and underlined. And right. And <laughs> highlighted. <laughs> debated. Right. Yeah. And I did do that too. Um, in fact, I didn't take debate in high school because I took debate on those forums. But whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, I... Reading back 22 times plus, you definitely start seeing the cheese in some things. Um, that doesn't detract from the story. I still love the story. I still read it, and I'm going to read, and I read every word. It's not like this is my 33rd time through, so I'm going to skip all You're the like, things that I know. I know what know. happens in chapter 25, so let's go to 27. No, I don't do that. Right. I read every word every time. So, um, but anyways, the, there's definitely payoffs that, um, that I appreciate. And that was one of the big ones. That's like, I would love to just castrate a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could think of at least three right now that I would love to do that too. And he gave that to me. And so, right. And that's what I think we were talking about earlier where he's, you can, those little things, when you really start picking it apart, that first telling of what happens to confessors when they get got by, by quad, right. He tells it, 
pretty good. Yeah. Like you, you, you understand what the fuck's going to happen if you get got. But again, towards the end of the book, he's gotten better at painting a picture for you. Yeah. Because we're talking about her telling that story. That was like what chapter three, maybe four. I mean, it's early, early in the book. Before chapter five. That's what I'm saying. It's early in the book. So he's just now writing. He's figuring it out as he goes along. Is the way I take it. And by the end of this book, I feel like there's been a okay. He knows how to paint a picture very fucking vividly. Yeah. And and I appreciate that because that scene where she gets got by. Uh, Demon Noss and this quad, who are just nameless motherfuckers, apparently, because I don't think they just said any other name, just no. another fucking dude, right? That picture is way better painted in your fucking mind to a point of me reading it, because I've had some cousins and some some females that I've known in my life that have went through some shit like that, and I'm like, holy fuck. It's, he did a great job of making that scene very vivid, and that's why I was hoping Jenny would be like, yeah, I fucking felt that shit. Like, I got pissed off during it, because I did too. I'm like, fuck these motherfuckers. Yeah, you know, I'm Just sure. screaming in my goddamn, at my book when I was reading it the first time, you know, just out loud. Yeah. And then what about the ending? Were you, were you surprised? I was very surprised, yeah. So you didn't, I mean, you had, obviously he foreshadows throughout the whole book in these little ways. But when when you got to the end, you were like, whoa. I was very much like that, especially about Darkin being his dad. And... Were you surprised that he tricked him? That Richard figured out how to bypass the confessor power and all that shit? Did that, like... Because I don't think he did a whole lot of foreshadowing he with that. He didn't. He sort of like hinted like immediately before it, I feel like. So I was like, I kind of thought that's what he was doing. But then it like got a little worrisome. And I was like, oh, shit. No, he's not doing that. She's going she's gonna <laughs> to touch him and then he's going to be hers. And yeah. she's going to make him say the words. What's the point in the rest of the books? <laughs> right. right. And I was that way when the first time I read it, and I think that's why I got hooked, is because it was very much a, um, you you are helpless. You feel like Richard is helpless. You know he's figured something out because he he went back, mm-hmm. right? So you know he figured something out, but you're like, what the, and what even is in, it going to be? Even what? in the... Even in the foreshadowing of how he figures out how to bypass the confessor's power and how he ends up ultimately tricking Dark and Raw into choosing the wrong box, right? There's only about fucking three lines in the book early. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to lock this shit away. And then there's fucking chapter on chapter on chapter on chapter on fucking chapter and on fucking chapter of him getting fucked up by a Mord Sith. And, that, and I say that very I know intentionally why you said that. because that's the way the book reads. It's like, right. fuck me, man. Let's go. Let's get right. somewhere else. But, yes, there's just like two lines of, you know what? I'm going to lock this shit away for a second. And then a fucking diatribe of him getting fucked up and ultimately being broken, which you think mm-hmm. is being broken. And he's submissive and he's a fucking, he's her Well, pet. I mean, he comes to love her. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was broken, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of that locking it away was sort of subconscious. Like, he, cause I don't he, think he talked he... about how there was this glimpse of 
a different feeling of magic that he could feel and he couldn't latch onto it, but it was something more more than the light sword. than mm-hmm. the one the magic that was hurting him or the thoughts that were hurting him. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I don't even remember where I was going with it. But yeah, I feel like a lot of it was subconscious. I don't feel like he was like, I'm locking this away on purpose. Yeah. He I feel didn't like, know what he was doing yeah, his, at the time. Yeah. It's like you build up walls. Yeah. Like people do that in real life. You sure. build up a wall to help protect yourself. Yeah. From, you know, potential people who are out I to I assimilate it to right? a motherfucker that's got a fucking five-year print, uh, prison sentence. He knows yeah. at max, I'm going to spend five years in prison. Now, I've got to, this is my life now. This is what I've got to do. But who I am is going to be, I'm going to go back to that person when I get out of here. Because to, when yeah. you're in fucking prison, you do some things and you make choices and you live your life in a way that you probably wouldn't if you weren't in prison, right? Right. And then you come out of prison and then you do everything you can to go back to the person that you were before. You know what I'm saying? And you never really can, but yes. Right. All, I, exactly. I and that carries in these books yes. as well because there's parts of him from that experience that he carries with him through the, I mean, all the books that I've read. Well, there's little traces of that. Yes. And most specifically the second book. Yes. Uh, And you, I know you have read them. I think maybe Jenny, once she gets through the second book, she'll maybe kind of see the reason for all that just browbeating of torture. And see, I don't, you're not just going to disagree on that because I've read several books beyond the second, right? And I still believe he could have called that down and okay. still ended up with the same payoff. Let me let me put it to you this way. And this is a relatively known fact across the world. Men are logical creatures. Women are emotional creatures. I feel like a lot of these books are written towards a woman. Okay, just the love story in and of itself and just the dramatic and just, oh, just tell her. and Oh, just tell him. You know, all that's all emotional. That's that's pulling yeah. to your emotions. So, and I could be wrong. Um, <clears throat> Jesus, sorry. Um, but I think that you see it now, having been into the second book, as a still, God, you could have wrapped that up way sooner. Where I'm, I'm thinking that maybe once Jenny gets to it, because she is more emotional. I mean, we're logical people, but she is more emotional by nature. I think she will finally make that connection of why it was necessary to browbeat you with the torture. I mean, maybe, and maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe well, I felt like even in the one I read, I just felt like it was going on and on because it was going on and on for him, and he wanted you to feel that same sort of. Um, I'm Angst. over it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I I don't I wasn't mad at it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was my thing. The, I remember back when I first read it, I was like, "Can I fucking skip forward a little while? Like, is it gonna be the same shit over and over and over?" And he does a good job of like dropping little nuggets inside of that where there's some payoff to those little nuggets. But mm-hmm. by and large, again, and I'll stand by it. I think he could have called that down a little bit and still got the same payoff. 
even later yeah. into the second and third books where it where that really comes to I think fruit we'll, again. I think, I think we will revisit. We will. Dev- I want to definitely revisit this conversation once Jenny has read uh, the second book. Yeah. Okay. Because- so, anyways, back to the <clears throat> Cliff Note side. Yeah. Right? They get. They all end up in the fucking room together. The Garden of Life. Yeah, the Garden of Life, and it comes to pass that Richard has figured out. Well, we kind of half ass skipped the whole. Like what you're talking about, he got this little furlough. He gets drugged into Dark and Raw's presence by his his mistress, Dina, and basically put on show like a test, right? Like a dry run. Will you tell me the fucking truth when I ask you a question? Richard's like, Richard basically just fucking spills his guts. There's not a whole lot of trickery in that Mm -hmm. moment. Matter of fact, he basically lets Dark and Raw know, yeah, I know the book, bitch. I'm finna show you how to open up this second box. Right. And they go through it. They the go through the process. thing and, and Dark and Raw's like, okay, this he knows what the fuck's up. I trust the fact that my Mord Sith broke your motherfucking ass. Do whatever the fuck you want to. I got a couple of weeks until it's fucking time anyhow. So just, for whatever reason, go about your business. And so Richard leaves and runs into fucking Scarlet and is like, hey, let me go help you save this fucking kid of yours just as a side fucking adventure, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. later on, it's important that he's got the fucking dragon. But that whole little scenario, I was like, really? We're doing this now? Because we're like getting to the apex of this story. And now all of a sudden, I got to worry about this dude crawling through right. a fucking well, cave. Hold on. Back up for just a second. I think it needs to be pointed out that, yes, you can go do and and do you. Mm-hmm. Go do you, boo. Um, but Darkin was like, but understand this, that your enemy or... Your friends will see you as their enemy. Oh yeah, he put a spell on him and right. makes so, shit weird. And he runs into fucking Kalen and Zed and Chase, and they don't understand him because. When but he your speaks. enemies will see you as who you are, as who you really are. Your right. enemies will know you are Richard. Yeah. Your friends will see you as their worst, their enemy, worst enemy, which ends and up being dark and wrong. Right. So yeah. when he runs, when Richard. Runs into Kalen and Zed and all them. They, they think, think he's, he's dark and raw. And he even speaks high to Haran, which none of them understand. Mm-hmm. And so there's no, hey, no, it's it really me, fulfills, Richard. I'm being we kinda, spelled. We, holy, we, we whole ass skipped the fucking interaction with Shoda. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? So some of her prophecies or the, the, the future that she saw comes her flow to of bear time. in yeah. those moments. Yeah. And it's all this little trickery. Right. But anyways, he ends up fucking hanging out with Scarlet for a little while and saving her egg trying from the guards. Right, and trying to fi- find Kaylin and, and Zed. Right, and he needs a ride. Right. That's and it. so he goes on this little side quest to be able to use her as like a fucking jet plane to find them. Yeah, because he's limited on time. Yeah. Right. Anyways, come to pass, they're all in the fucking room. Richard figures out a couple of things. Oh, but there's a there's, there's a, a big, big part. part that you need to think about with that uh, Yeah, because... Furlough. During that, he sees his friends. They don't recognize him. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, fuck it. I got to go find this box that I know my brother is guarding Mm. with his army. That's right. And he does. He sneaks up in the camp. He's like, what's up? Here I am. His his idea Mm -hmm. to to get his brother to recognize him because he's thinking, man, my brother's going to see me as the bad guy, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So his idea is to reenact the shit they did where they saluted each other after you lost a battle or whatever. When as they kids. Played, yeah. yeah. And so talk he about up. fucking heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. And that part was sort of shocking to me. I wasn't really expecting that either. 
he walked up and I don't think I it clicked with me right away. It, you know, he was like, oh, hey, Richard, like, fuck you doing here? There right. you are. You okay? And it took him a minute and he was like, wait a minute. Yeah, it took Richard way longer to fucking let that click than what I would have assumed. You see me as Richard? Yeah, so I'm like, your fucking enemy. Fuck. Yeah. It was him who snitched on me all along. Yep. Yeah. Because oh, Shota was, was like, yeah. somebody very close to you is going to be going to betray you, yes. essentially. You're going to have a Judas among well, yeah, your fucking Yeah, and Darkin was like, one of your people <laughs> snitched on you. Yeah. 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 And that's him. So. His brother was lined up with fucking Dark and Raw for a minute. Yes. Yeah. And. Power hungry. All the way. All the way back. Back to all like the, the very beginning when they were talking yeah. about the dragon flying over the boundary in the Westland before Richard and Kalen and Zed and all yeah, of them. When he went on that well, rant the about whole thing with, no more fire. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And that was kind of put in place like you could. Yeah. It, and that see Dark you and Raw fucking Michael connection has been going on before the story started. Right. Yep. And once you okay, like you're freaking out because the wife or the mother mm-hmm. of Michael died in a fire. But now you actually get the connection mm-hmm. of okay, he doesn't want fire because Dark and Roll doesn't want fire because Zed Zed killed sent his Wizard's father. fire, killed his dad, killed Panis Roll. Yep. Darken's started and and Darken Darken <laughs> is all the way scarred. And what is up with him licking his fingers and rubbing I his don't eyebrows know, shit. Know, and weird. rubbing his fucking chin and shit? That yeah. bugs the fuck out of me. Anyways, so I I will say this: the trickery, the switchy swatchy, the whoopsie whoopsies, and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it to me is what yeah. drew me into that book. It's really good. And even reading back through it for the third time, there's some of those you're like, fuck. like I said, it's been a decade since I've read any of these books. Mm-hmm. But even some of those are like. Oh, fuck, I remember that. But I don't remember the exact way it pays off, right? So it's worth going mm-hmm. through it again, right? Anyways, Richard finds out that his brother's a fucking piece of shit and was his enemy the whole time. So he dips the fuck out of there, ends up back to where the fuck he's supposed to be on time. And and he writes it very as though Richard is very defeated mm-hmm. by all that. Like, uh, well, I have like, no I choice now. Like, I feel like Richard figured out almost in the moment how to bypass the confessor's power and how to trick Dark and Roll. Like, that last ride when he was coming back with Scarlet to the fucking castle, I feel like that's that ride, like, the day before... It all clicked for him, or almost in the fucking moment when it was actually fucking happening. He figures out how to do it. He subverts Dark and Raw's plans. He makes him pick the wrong box. Dark and Raw gets fucking snatched into the fucking underworld. You lose. Everybody fucking is happy. And then Kaylin and Richard get on fucking Scarlet and they go back to the mud people to bring back the little boy. Sidden. Yeah, Sidden that they saved. And of course that's got they got skipped. But those are these are the little nuances in the book yeah. that you just gotta you read just the need fucking to read. book. So they go back, like they're in a hurry for some reason to fucking go back to take him back to his parents. Rather than just like whew, it's like, ah, fuck we won. Bye bitches. Weren't they going back to get married? Well, yes, that was the plan, but it feels like right there at the end there was a, there wasn't even a moment for like all of them to like celebrate. Hug it was Zed, like, do fucking, something. It's over. Bye, bitches. We're leaving. Yeah. Let's like, yeah. there's no fucking, you know, like post mortem. 
yeah. of them just doing this damn thing and like coming around. You get you don't even ever get a fucking postmortem. Like you come into the second book and shit's a fucking foot, and you barely even know what the fuck's going well, on. Well, and that that's because I, I agree with you when you said way long time ago, <clears throat> like one hour ago, that he knew Terry Goodkind knew. Oh, yeah. going into Wizard's first rule that there was going to be a second book. Right, and I, I, it's one of the things about the way Wizard's first rule ended that was a little bit of a bummer. That you didn't get that. Now, starting the second book, let me just say this. If there was no second book, it would be the same level of disappointment. There wasn't a... Like, the cliffhanger that he left was really fucking weird. Because typically, you're at least going to get, like, everybody together for a few minutes and go, Fuck. How did you end up here? How did we... How did, it was like... Hey, we beat this fucking dude. Now me and Kalen and this fucking kid are fucking out. Yeah. They didn't even like hang around to like have a meal or nothing. They were yeah. like, I'm out. Now imagine reading that and then having to wait. A fucking year and a half, two years for the next book for to the come next out. Book. Nah, I'd have fucking yeah. thrown that bitch in a motherfucking fire. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. But Yeah, I would have been thoroughly upset. And I came into this with fucking eight other books ready to go. So I knew it was going to continue. As a right, same. virgin fucking reader early on, that would have been a hell of a disappointing end to the first book. Just, it would have irritated me yeah. greatly. I agree with that. He could have added another chapter or something of just. Yeah, by the time. You and get, then the world continued and yeah. shit started getting hairy and that's where we're going to pick up. But it was just like, boom, he's dead. All I of feel, a sudden, everybody's going to call me Master. But I gotta go. Bye. Yeah, I feel like the clean up this mess. The first chapter of the second book probably could have been easily stuck into the. I think it almost belongs there because I've okay. read two or three chapters. This book, again, I don't know when it was when this particular edition came out. I couldn't find it on the like third page of the book. But this is when you first read, right? Okay, Zed gave the boundary warden a sidelong glance because she knows more about the underworld than anyone alive. Right? That's the end of the book. Yeah. The end ends right there. But they've always had, he has always put like the next chapter or the first chapter of the next book at the end. So like I had that. Mm. Reading this book for the first time, I had that. Yeah. So... You say, oh, fuck it, I'm throwing this so book in a fire. you're telling me the very, like, how long had these books been out and about when the you... first book was published in 1994. Oh, you didn't come into them till... I what? picked them up probably in 97 or 98. So you read Wizard's First And that Wizard's first book first had the first chapter of the next yes. book. So I always had, I always knew there was another book. Right. I mean, I guess there's some payoff there, but you got to think about the assholes that bought it in 1994, caught off the presses. Right. Probably that's that first chapter of the second book wasn't there because maybe he did or maybe he didn't have a book deal for the second book. Um, I, I believe he always had a certain, even towards the end of Sword of Truth, like he had a, when he finished uh, Pillars of Creation and Naked Empire, he knew that he had a th- three more book deals to end the series. Nah. With the trilogy. So, I've, I feel like he probably knew. Once he sold Wizard's First Rule, I feel like he had... 
So you're something in my like, brain is telling me that he had like a, a contract for five books. So you're thinking that like the first publication of Wizards First Rule, the very first ones off the press, probably had the first chapter of Stone of Tears in it, like straight off. I had the first edition. And I it bought had it in there, right? Because okay. I that, that's what I bought, and it had the first one. Now, whether some printings did and some printings didn't, I don't know. But I had the first edition, Wizards First Rule, yeah. and it had the first chapter. Well, there's at least that. <clears throat> but I feel like he could have just put the like the final chapter in Wizards First Rule could have easily been the first chapter of Stone, Stone of Tears. Tears, right? Like easily, yeah, because. You read the first chapter of Stone of Tears, and it sounds like the ending of Wizards First Rule. Yeah. That was a that's a smoother transition, I believe, than what he actually fucking decided on. Because you're left with this fucking hanging. Well, but I feel like the first chapter of the second book should have been at the end of the first book. Is that what you said? Yes. You said, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Okay. That's what I he meant to say. I okay. think I words. think you said it backwards, yeah. but okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But also know this that. The second, the second book kind of starts out like the first with the whole jumping right in to action. There's well, action happening right now. Yeah. I mean, yes, because you got to fucking, we're not going to talk about that now, but yeah. yes, it does do that. But like I'm saying is I feel like you could have done that at the end of the first book. Yeah. And it would have still carried. Maybe just left as the action good. part out or, or transition to the action into the second book. I, I, I can understand that. Yeah. So, okay. So, that's the that's the arch of the story, mm-hmm. right? They win. Yes. Right? They defeat Dark and Raw in the moment. So, we were talking about a minute ago where you have these paths that you choose, I guess, as a writer or whatever. When Darkin, or not sorry, when Zed, Kalen, and Richard are at Zed's house, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, here it is. It's fitting to happen. Everybody's going to spill their fucking guts on the table. All secrets are going to be out. Here we come. Now Richard's going to learn that she's a confessor because he already he only knows a confessor from reading the. Book of Counted Shadows. Book of Counted Shadows. The one-liner at the very beginning. To verify that this book is being spoken true, you must utilize a confessor. I mean, that's not the exact verbatim words, but that's... The the only way to verify, yes, right, is that. So he knows that a confessor is a thing. Yes. That has no fucking clue as to what they are. Or what their abilities are and how it wrecks motherfuckers, right? Yeah, that was going to be the other thing I was going to ask. But that's important to the story because if Richard learns that early on the insinuation is that he would not bypass her power well well yes ultimately but also it would make him fearful of her and his affection for her would go away yes and therefore wreck the whole fucking thing storyline yes but i didn't feel like that is true yes at first yes but they, By the became, time they grew such Zed's a house. bond, and there. No, I felt like he would have been like, "Well, all right, cool. Don't I touch feel, me with your power, right? Or right. do you know? I don't give a fuck." Well, like, if you remember at, when they were in the mud, people, she got all horny, mm-hmm. and he was all like, the way. "Right," and he was like, mm, "Stop, unless you tell me your secret, 
If you tell me, we'll I'll, we'll go on. I'm gonna we'll tell you right it. now, Richard's a better man than me. Because the way he played that shit out, I was like, shit, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Right. But give a fuck. <laughs> Keep your secrets, motherfucker. Just fuck me. Right. <laughs> Anyways, I was very shocked at when the first time I read it through, I was very shocked at that whole unraveling at Zed's house out front. Well, and that's the whole thing is, is you feel like he's heading down this path of where they're all kind of sitting there with their fucking heads tilted to the side like a dog hearing a whistle. And they're like, we should probably just lay all this shit on the table. And then a fucking mob shows up with pitchforks and the whole nine, right? And that, I believe, was Goodkind's way of going, nope, we're not telling that story right now. You got to figure that shit out later. Because if that mob hadn't have shown up, I felt like they were moving towards a, all right, obviously some bad shit's happening. The fucking Far East boundary has come down. Shit's going to get real. So we've got to come together as a group, our little fucking trio here, and figure out how to make it happen. And the only way you do that is tell me what you know, I'll tell you what I know, and then, oh, by the way, you have powers, you don't even really know it yet. I'm a fucking wizard. This is a fucking right. professor. So the point that I was making was that, okay, Richard is unconscious unconscious from the snake vine, right? And he's asleep. Later. And then he comes out. Well, that's the conversation I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He comes out and they're like, okay, here we go. We're going to have this. We're going to lay it on the line. Kaylin's going to... He had asked Kaylin not to talk to Zed about what she needed from yeah, him until I did kind of skip there. that. Because like Zed and Kaylin had the conversation of, you know what's up. I know what's up. This motherfucker over here don't know what's and up. And then he comes Do out the house. tell him what's up? He woke up from his unconsciousness and comes out the house and basically tells them everything. With the exception of the fact that Kaylin's a confessor. He does not know that and he doesn't divulge that. But he knows well, that Zed... Well, he doesn't Zed, tell him that he knows the fucking book of Counting Shadows either. No, but he tells Zed that he knows that Zed is the first wizard and Zed is who Kaylin is coming to and Zed has to give the sort of truth to him. Yeah. I liked how that played out. Yeah, it, it, it shows his fucking intelligence, Richard's intelligence right. and his ability to figure shit out on the fly. Which obviously carries through. Well, I don't the think whole he figured it out on the fly. I sort of felt like unrealistic is sort of a weird word for this conversation, but I didn't feel like it was that realistic for Richard the entire book to be like, "It's okay that I know y'all are keeping secrets from me. Don't tell me. If you don't want to tell me, don't tell." Because he's the seeker of truth, well, and even before he was the seeker of truth, he was. A truth hey, seeker. Yes. Yeah, he was a very <laughs> so, honest person. So for him to be like, meh, I well, love you. I know there's something very important you're not telling me, but eh, don't so tell me. So the caveat to that is the fact that as a child, he swore himself to secrecy over That's the true. Book of Canaan. So there's that undertone of right. him he having this. He's like, well, right. I have a secret and there's a purpose behind it. Yes. So, yeah, I that, guess you're that's right. That's the caveat and the undertone of that, why he can just let a person be because he knows he has a thing that nobody else can fucking know under any goddamn circumstance whatsoever until he figures out somehow magically, apparently that he's just going to know that this is the person that is the keeper of the book. And then you can tell them all the things, but so, yes, the, the, the tooth was supposed to tell the keeper of the book 
to that. Okay, well, he knows that you're the keeper of the boat, and you can talk to him. And that's so why Zed, that's why he got rid of the tooth because when he found out that Zed was the keeper, by Zed just ranting about it not being where it was supposed to be. That's why he took the tooth off oh. and threw it away. Speaking of which, were you surprised? Just because you obviously know, so we're getting Jenny's like fresh take, right? She's she's the reader, hopefully, of the people that are listening to this. Her perspective is hopefully their perspective if they've never read the book before. Did you make the connection between Richard's tooth necklace and the snake cloud until it was like just laid out for you? Did you have suspicions or was it like... Ah, fuck. He's got a thing, and that thing is attached to that thing. I feel like maybe I was just somewhere in the middle. Like, I I knew there was something. Hmm, I don't know how to even put it into words. But I wasn't shocked by it. But I didn't necessarily put two and two together like that. Okay. So if you didn't put two and two together like that, I, I I understand. I didn't the first time through either. You know, I mean, it was definitely the second yeah. time that I was like, Same. oh, yeah, that makes sense now. That's again. why I was asking the question, because the first time I read through it, I was like, mm. But how about the I, fact? It didn't click, but as reading back through it again or listening back through it again, however you want to fucking term it, there was like, oh, that was so fucking obvious. Like, was, you should have probably put that together if, you're paying attention. Well, it's hindsight. But yeah. what about the fact that the bone was also connected to the fact that he was hidden to the under, underworld beings? Yeah, there's so many things in this fucking book that's like, hey, this trinket is going to give you an advantage, XP plus six. But also later on, it's going to be an XP minus seven. Yeah. Right. Just depending on the situation you're in. Right. It's either going to benefit you, and there's a lot of those things where like, this thing, this piece of knowledge, this trinket, this whatever, at certain times is going to be advantageous to you. At other times, it's going to be the opposite of that. Yeah. And I like the way that he did that because it goes back to the, well, Zed knows one thing about said trinket. Richard knows one thing about said trinket. Addie knows another fucking thing. And they're all fucking different, but they all apply at different fucking times. And right. you just get, sometimes you get lucky and it applies when you need it. And sometimes it applies in a way that you wish it wouldn't yeah. at other times. Yeah. And then these characters have to fucking figure it out. Because as the reader or the listener, you know the whole breadth of the thing. <clears throat> and that's what's fun about this particular book. And maybe it's a bunch of other books. Like I said, I'm not a fucking... I don't have a catalog of fucking books that I've read. It's fun in the way where you know all the things. The character doesn't, and then you you watch them piece it together, or they yeah. don't. And you yell at them for going, stop being a fucking dummy. Yeah, You know what I mean? And then there's other times it's like, yeah, dude, you fucking nailed it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's my main love for reading is... It's what always makes me, it's why I go through a book so fast because I'm just ready to see, are they going to put two and two together? Is he going to tell her? What, what is she going to say? Like, I feel like, yeah, a lot of books, a good book has a lot of that stuff in it. And yeah. I think this one does. All right. I'm so a fan for you, of it. getting to the end, you know, and if they're listening to this, hopefully they know that Richard figures out how to get away with 
being with Caitlin right. in that special way, right? Even when his like his sex scenes are just like NC seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. They're like Cinemax fucking porn. Mm-hmm. Like they ain't going full blown fucking HBO Game of Thrones motherfuckers getting deep dick paper pay per view. Right. Yeah. Then. yeah. His his hot scenes are. I think they're more than like the fucking Fabio books, but not much. Like he builds some Shoot. fucking steam. I've read some of them books that made me blush. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I haven't read a whole lot of those. I just see them on the shelf and going, "There's no way I'm buying this fucking book oh, they with that on raunchy. the cover." They do. They'll get straight and bad. Mm-hmm. All right, we can talk about a whole other thing later, but y'all need to remind me about raunchy fucking stories. Okay, so I'm because I mean we're we're two hours in. I mean, <laughs> if they're here, they're fucking in. Right. Um, if Rogan can do fucking three hours on a regular basis, we can just rock on. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Overarching, were you ready? Were you cool with, were you ready to start the second book? Yes. No reservations? No. Cool. I'll read the whole series. Well, that's what I was was getting a minute ago, was like the payoff for you in this book worth all the shit that happened. Yes. I enjoyed the book. All right, so rate it. Now, I'm not talking about rating it against itself or against... I what? can't. She can't compare it to Outlander. No, I want her to compare it to her breadth of knowledge in books. Like, you read... I don't know how many fucking books. 1,000 books. Who gives a fuck, right? Right. Across whatever genres. Mm-hmm. Holding it against those, obviously you're a little bit biased because like your series, you're in love with and the whole nine, mm-hmm. right? That's but, why I don't want her to compare it to that. This is No, I want separate. her to. I okay. want her to in a way because on a scale of one to ten, let's say that your books are going to be a ten, right? Because they're the ones you're in love with. Okay. So, and the only way I'm like even comfortable. And that a Jehovah's Witness hands you. Right. The only way I'm even <laughs> They don't hand you anything nowadays. They well, just mail it to you. That goddamn sure did. We got a fucking letter from the Jehovah's Witness the other day. You know what? I haven't had one knock in a long time. Now that well, that's what I told Tara. It's like fucking Rona's got the Jehovah's Witness just like mailing you shit <laughs> rather than knocking on your door. And I'm fucking for it. Okay. So the only way I feel comfortable even rating a book, because I am not that critical of, I just want it to read well. I want to be attached to the story. And if it's something that I want to read more of, that's what I'm going to base my rating on, and I am looking forward to reading the next one and seeing where the whole series goes. So, that being said, well, so would you give the book a 10? Would I? Yes. Yes. This is my this 10. This is your 10. This is my 10. Wizard's first rule is your 10. I have read Dante's Inferno. I have read Gone with the Wind. I have read Even Pride fucking and Stone of Tears, all the others. Oh, WFR. This book is not my ten of That's this series. About. I'm sorry. I thought I I'm was asking. taking the whole series okay, well, into account. I well, I would say the whole series because I yes. I look at Outlander as one giant enormous story, Correct. aka one giant enormous book. Yes, some books were better than others. Some parts of the story were more exciting or whatever. But yeah, I meant like the story in general. This story, this is your ten. This is not my 10. This is my 
I'm going to say this is probably, okay. Oh, this is hard. Mm -hmm. This is very hard for me um, because I have, my 10 Mm -hmm. is not related to the Sword of Truth series. So that's fine. That's what I'm asking you to do. So your 10 is one one of the side stories? My 10 (laughs) is a story from, it's, it's the story that is, that way precedes Richard and Kaylin. I mean, we're talking thousands of years. But it's still in this world. It's a good kind. Yes, it's good kind. It's in this world. It's about what creates this story. Okay, but this series is your 10. This series is my 10. This book is probably my 8 in the series. Okay. So that's what I'm asking you is, we're talking about this book right here, Wizard's First Rule, against the entire breadth of all the reading you've ever done. It's my 8. It's your eight. Okay, so it's a pretty fucking high standard. I have ne- here's the thing. I have never read any other book 22 plus times. That's true. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair. I have read other books two or three times, like yeah. Confederacy of Dunces. I have read that at least three times. Yeah. And I think you would actually like that book. But I have read that book. Oh, I didn't know you'd read that book. I've read that book twice. Okay. Once because I was forced to, and the second time because you were like, you probably like this book. And then I'm like, it's been fucking 20 years since I read that book. So I should probably do it again. Did you like the book? It's a good ass book. It's funny. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that book at all. Yeah. I okay. don't. Did you ever give a rating? No, no. I'm like, I'm, it's hard. That's hard for me just to rate a book in a number like that. I would give it. Hmm. I would give it a good eight. Because, again, I write it on if I want to continue reading it, if I enjoyed the story, if I was shocked, if I was surprised. And a big thing for me is a love story. I want there to be a love story. It can be a fucking horror book, but I want there to be some sort of, I'm just into the romance romance novel thing. So, I liked the love story. I liked the exciting shit. I want to read some more. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. Which my ten is... Outlander. Right. So as a series, right, Sword of Truth is my 10. That's as a series, as a whole breadth of what I've read so far. That's the 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 overarching story. That's that's my story, right? Because it's really the only fucking multi-book thing that I've ever read. Yeah. Now, if I expand outside of that and all the other books that I've read, Wizard's First Rule. It's probably gonna be a solid fucking four and a half for me, mm. just because there's another book in this series that I'm gonna hold this against that might be my favorite book That's of my, all time. That book that you're talking about is my nine. Yeah, so nine in the series, nine of all time. This one, because here I'm gonna tell you what's fucking weird. Have y'all? I think Terry's read it only because I fucking. I mean, everybody's read. Where the Red Fern Grows, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Up until I read these books, there was no greater book. Like, I can see that. Bible Be Fucked, Where <laughs> the Red Fern Grows, was a pivotal moment for me as a human mm-hmm. in reading it. It was a forced book because it was school, but it was the first book that I ever started reading for whatever reason, right? It was forced on me. It's like, hey, this is required reading. You've got six weeks to read this because there's going to be tests and all this kind of shit. Read the motherfucker in a day. And then I read it 25 more times before the end of the fucking six weeks. That was a very pivotal thing for me, right? So Mine was Fahrenheit 451. 
that's a weird fucking book for you to be your. Well, it was that one, and then it was like, like I'm just talking about school books, like Fahrenheit 451, and then it was Coming of Age in Mississippi, and then it was Confederacy of Dunces, and then Coming of Age in Mississippi was a damn good book. Yes, I read that book. That's a damn good book. But y'all have to read Hatchet or. Oof, that rings bells. Hatchet was a good book, and I feel like, I don't know if this is related, but as far as school readings, it was one of my favorite. I'm pretty sure I had to read it for school. Then I was, I, I was forced but to I started read. years before that. My yeah. very first book series, I owned the whole thing. It was the Babysitters Club. Yes, well, I yeah. owned every fucking bit of it, and we I loved are, it. We are the same. I loved it. We are Did you read like Goosebumps and shit too? I read, I read a little bit of Goosebumps. I didn't, I didn't get into it, but I did read Goosebumps. I read a yeah. fuck ton of Clifford Ooh, the Red Bag. And Hank the Cow Dog. Yes. Yes. Loved uh, it. I had a dog named Hank and one named Drover. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, but I I loved so it. We're not so I've been reading with naming our dogs, but since the uh, beginning right. of time. Yes. Well, reading. and we just talked about just the other day, uh, or last night, Gone with the Wind. Right. That was both, both of us mm-hmm. plowed the shit out of that book. Right. You know. I tried that so. book and I picked it up and I was like, this book weighs 40 fucking pounds. I'm not toting this around. That's a well. very heavy book. Mine, mine was a, well, I had, mine was a paperback and mine was a, basically a dare. Oh, by the my way. mother. Just as a fucking caveat, hopefully sooner or later we'll catch these motherfuckers as a sponsor, but Audible like Amazon books in general. Yeah. When we were looking up, okay, so step back to the point to where we decided to, as fucking adults, all the way white with privilege, going, let's start a book club. <laughs> right? Right. We decided to do that as we can because we're white and over the age of 21. Well over the way well age over, of 20. We're, well, we're 30 plus is yeah. what matters. We're 30 somethings for a little bit we longer. Well, Jenny's going to be a 30 something for, for a lot a longer. But you and I are 30 somethings for just yeah, a couple of more minutes. Y'all are basically 40s. 40. It's fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to hit that thing in here just a couple of years where all of a sudden I got to start wearing like hats that don't make sense. Right. And <laughs> elbow <laughs> patches on your sport coats. Yeah. That I don't own <laughs> That yet. you don't own. <laughs> so hopefully I'm a fucking 55 years old and still half-ass fucking hip. Like I can do the savage dance and all that kind of shit. That's, that's my goal in life. That's going to be obsolete by then, but okay. Yeah, but still, I'm talking about whatever that is when I'm right, fucking that, 50. Right. That thing, right? I want to be able to go into the fucking I don't, Oculus okay. fucking world. Anyways, so we said, fuck it, we're starting a goddamn book club. Mm-hmm. We realized in that moment that at some point, Terry fucked up and got rid of all of her paperbacks. Yeah. She kept some of the more, like, I think for your birthday or Christmas or something, I got a... First Super edition, special edition, first signed. I mean, I paid like fucking five hundred and something dollars. There for this was only a hundred of these books made, and I They're think you got bound. book one, signed one, or it, it, it was pretty early on. Yeah. Like I jumped into this fucking thing early. Jenny's not a fan of fucking watermelon vodka. Apparently, no. She took a sip of your drink, and she's like, "Ugh." It well, was way fruitier than I expected. She normally does more of a citrusy thing. Yeah. But no, I'm not mad that at that. watermelon Red Bull is the shit. It no, is. I'm not mad at that. And the I hate Red Bull. So. The summer edition uh, this year's watermelon. And Anyways, it is on point. Okay. So we decide to, okay, Jenny's going to read the books. She prefers paper. Let's fucking go. Right? So we find a deal on all these books. You get the whole fucking series. The first 12? 12 books? Hold. That's out the window. 
Why is it happening out the window? I don't know. Okay. Yes, we found a uh, deal on Amazon where you could get up to the um, the Fuck end no. of the Sword of Truth series plus Dead of Bones because again, it's Dead of prequel. Bones is a prequel. Right. To the so, series. anyways, we find that right. We order it. Right slap ass in the middle of fucking Corona. It's not an essential item, so it's going to be a minute before you get it. Right. You end up letting Jenny have your hardback cover, which is a special edition, blah, blah, blah. It's signed, and it is the original cover art. The original cover art, the whole nine. So she reads, essentially, the majority, if not all, of Wizard's First Rule as a hardback book. No, Uh uh-uh. Wrong. I never even started it until I she got the paperback. Oh, never mind. You sh- <laughs> if she hadn't started it when we gave it to her, she would have had that, which is a fucking bummer to read a fucking hardback yes. book, right? It just it is what it is. I mean, some people like them because of the way Especially they Especially a fucking 1,000 page, however the fuck deep fucking Wizard's First Rule is. Yeah, now, I gotta stone, be able to like waller around with it. Like, yeah, like no. Stone of Tears, the second book is twice, twice as thick as well, this. Well, maybe another... Th- one and a half. Another... Third. Yeah, it's a fucking thick book that just hard to hold, even as a paperback. I have always been a non-physical paper person, right? If there was an option early on for me to have a digital version of the book, like a Kindle version, or an audio book, I would just assume, or just as soon, have the fucking knowledge given to me that way than... With this fucking piece of paper. Yeah, see, I like the smell of books, so... Right, there's nostalgia. Everybody has their own proclivities. I'm getting to this. Okay. We order those, bam, whatever. I just start decide to start listening back to them because I know you own the audiobook. Somehow or another, you did some fucking Zed-type shit to where <laughs> now I can get all your fucking books that you no. own on Audible. First of all, Audible, that is something Audible allows, is uh, sharing the family sharing of... Audiobooks. All right. So I didn't cheat, steal, or nothing. I go to look for (laughs) one of the like side story books, right? That I want to have that we don't have on Audible already. I just go to Amazon and I'm like, hey, I want this book. I'm not going to say the book, but I want this book. And they're like, yeah, you can have that for $9 free shipping because we're Amazon Prime because fucking white and over the age of 30. Um, damn, I'm slipping into my fucking TBI thing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can have that for X amount of dollars. Do your damn thing and and have it, or you can have the audible version of that for half the price, the audiobook. Like, eh. Or because you're an Amazon Prime member, you can get it on your Kindle for zero fucking dollars. Nice. And a Kindle will hold. Literally all of the fucking libraries in the world on a tablet. And it reads like a book. You can like turn the page and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. So I was thinking, I was telling, I told you about it and I'm telling Jenny about it now. Maybe that's an option. Cause like you can have all the fucking books for no money. And mm-hmm. I don't even know how the fuck that works. Well, I mean, you have your Amazon Prime prescription or whatever, but still, <laughs> essentially. Subscription? Subscription, not prescription. It's prescription. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just that book because I feel like even with a Kindle, you have to buy it. Like you can, Mm. here's the thing. You can combine your Kindle and your Audible account 
and have this whisper like, sync. Right. It's called it is called whisper sync. Yep. Yep. Where you're listening to the audiobook and it will automatically pick up on the digital version where you left off on the audible. Right. And flip back right. and forth if you're reading your little and Kindle you at pay the for house. That. Like you can use a credit to get the one free book a month, and then you have to to have Whisper Sync. You have to pay for the that. Um, now you get it at a discounted cost. That's like, like two dollars. I remember it's it pretty being, fucking cheap. Well, I mean it's cheap, yes. Rather than like buying the whole book, like yeah, seven ninety nine. I think is what these. And I feel for like now, I'm but, probably going to do that on my iPad. I think I'm going to do that because. There are times where, <clears throat> well, actually with my situation right now, when I'm in the apartment for work, right, out of town, in the apartment, in the hotel, whatever I'm doing when I'm away from the house. Like I listen to the audio book while I'm driving, does the damn thing. Now I've got some really good fucking Bluetooth earbuds and a Bluetooth speaker at the apartment. I'm cooking dinner. I'm doing whatever the fuck I'm doing. The book's running. I'm just yeah. listening to the damn thing yeah. all day, every day. But there are times where it makes sense to not have the audio version. And having that whisper sync was fucking cool as shit. Because, like, if I press pause on chapter 27, fucking 15th paragraph, right? And then I shut that shit off. And then I go pick up my Kindle or my iPad and just go to the book. Bam, it picks up right there. It got it highlighted. The yeah. two lines where, that, where I paused it on the audio book. And then I just start reading. Do, 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 do. I read, 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 read read three chapters, and then all I got to do is, like, highlight that first sentence and do bookmark. And then when I pick up my audio book in my truck later, it just starts reading right there. Yeah. That's that the coolest fucking yeah. shit in the world. That is really nifty. We're living in the goddamn future. Yeah. I will say this, that because I like books, like, the <laughs> way to go. Uh, the feel of a book, the feel of the paper, the smell of the paper, the whole nine. I, I was... Uh, digitally reading these books for a long time and sitting on, you know, having my iPad up particularly because you fall asleep. Like you get in bed and you like right then. I don't, I think you fall asleep half the time with your, before your head hits the pillow. I, on the other Sometimes, hand, am not yeah. that way. And I found that reading on the electronic device, even set up in dark mode, it made it harder for me to go to sleep. There is something to that. And that's what's cool about the standalone, like the little Kindle, it weighs like a half a pound. Its display is not a regular display. It doesn't have really, it's just a gray and black. It's more, it's, it's uh, to it resemble paper. It looks like paper. paper. Yeah. Right. Um, but just the fact that I have to swipe to get to the next page, if yeah. where with a book, I usually have it like, we were talking about Jenny liking the paperbacks because, you know, you can take it. You can it, roll you them can, over. You can roll it over and hold it mm. like this. But even with that, this action of turning a page is not the same as having to swipe. For some reason, that interaction with that digital device tells my brain, oh, we're still doing work. So yeah. let's stay awake. Um, so I got to a point where I was struggling really hard to read the digital versions and now with the audible version I, I just it's convenient for you at it work. It is very much convenient for yeah. me. You know, between work, you know, when I can sit there and put one earbud in and listen, um, my ride home from work and then it's I don't have time when I get here. Well, and that's what that's the I mean, that's the only advantage to what you do is like you listen to it at work, you listen to it on your ride home, then you jump in the bed. 
you've got to thumb through the book. Wait, okay, you get home and like you, you shut off the car. Okay, chapter 25, maybe halfway through it. And so you come home, you jump in the bed, you look at your book, you go to chapter 25, and then you, you scan and you find it. The whisper sync is just a convenience that yeah, way. Yeah. To where you just pick the fucking thing up and boom, you go. Right. It's a cool fucking technology. It is cool. Anyways, I feel like <clears throat> this book to me is the primer for the entire series. Um, so while I'm, I was excited that you finished it. I was actually, I really wanted you to get through the next book because yep. I think the world starts opening up and there's more, while there's tricky things in this book, like, woohoo, gotcha. Um, I feel like it gets deeper in the, the next books. Um, and I can't wait. Fucking yeah, Stone I'm of Tears is like you were saying a minute ago. It it hits the ground running, uh-huh. and then shit gets. Mm, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm about halfway through the book at this point, so it's like it hits the ground running, and then all of a sudden it just like slows down yes, for a little while. It does. It like slows just down. for like a two or three chapter, four chapters or whatever. It's like oh, he had to take a minute and like okay, let's. Let's fill some shit in here. But then, again, just a fucking ramp up, and it really doesn't fucking slow down for a while. Yeah. It, it, it's a fucking ride. Fucking Stone of Tears, the next book. And so, I'm excited to... I'm looking forward to reading it. I, that's what I was going to do tonight. But I came over here to drink and talk, <laughs> talk about, about the first book. Right. Right. Because I didn't... And play games. Right. And I didn't. I did not want to get... I didn't want you to get too far into two before. Yes, and that's yes, what I was doing. It all blends together for it me. Does. I can on my Outlander series. I can if I tried really hard. If I had just reread the series, I might could tell you what's in what book. You know, down like to the chapter of what's in the first book, what's in the second. No, it all blends together into one big ass story for me. Well, there's some details that I'm like. Because because of the way he ends, particularly this book, mm-hmm. there was one thing that I was a little iffy on, and it was whether or not you had figured out that Zed was his grandpa, mm-hmm. and that you know, I, so I was kind of like tap, yeah, tap dancing around fucking it. Richard and Kaylin give the fucking deuces and fly off on Scarlet, and all of a sudden that information comes out. It's like holy fuck, could we not had a fucking moment right, where because, they do that? Well, because and it makes see, sense I don't later. Think Richard. No, I don't think Richard has acknowledged it. I think Zed has, but not to Richard. And Richard hasn't acknowledged that he knows that. Anyways, whatever. That's book two. So I, there's some blurred lines even after I've read it for so so many times. Dude, I'm but there's been years, and I don't think Richard is fully fucking aware. Right. So, um, yeah, I I wanted to get this out of the way before you got two balls deep into two, and no. was yeah. like, oh, I but wait. Wish. In a way that I had not have started the second book, or at least got as far as I did, because those lines do get real fucking blurry. In right, and that's why you were just spoiler. Yeah, I almost fucking ruined it no, for everybody. You, you spoiled. There were a couple spoilers. Yeah, with Jenny. Yeah. So, anyways, okay, I think I'm done. Yeah, I think that is I need a, a new drink. So. New solid, a good solid, probably a little too much of a review. <laughs> you think? I don't know. It's the conversation we would have right. had. If nobody was listening. Right. If these black sticks were not in front of our face. Correct. It's a weird way to put it. 
But yes. But that's what that is. The microphone people. Microphone. Thanks for fucking hanging out and listening to us, or at least me, drunkenly diatribe at you about a book. Yeah. Hopefully you read the motherfucker. Otherwise, you are a fucking glutton for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> if you sit here for two plus hours listening to us talk about this, then two options. You are fucking awesome and love us just across the board. Or you enjoy spoilers. dog that happened to knock somebody's iPad off and ended up on this episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. For both so of those, there's thank you. There's three options there. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. Till next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.